Welcome to the Wainers Shuffle, the Inverness Caledonian Thistle FC fan podcast. The podcast whose manager has now thrown more Cali Thistle players through windows than he has burglars on this pod. When are we getting the players in? Who are they? Just how many defenders can you fit in a starting eleven? Just what is the spoony story? Why we should all take a trip down to Grant Street in the most important few months in our club's history. All that and 29 years worth of ICT references packed into an hour of wild conjecture. And mild distraction. Let us shuffle. Sale for shitty weather, trucks and pissness. Inverness is a fucking business. What did Tarzan see when he found a screwdriver? There's it. Welcome, one and all, to the Wainish Shuffle 2024. I am still your host, Andrew Moffat. Happy New Year to everybody listening, and it's a happy new. Oh, maybe not so happy so far. New transfer window, and it's a welcome back to Andrew Young. Windows 1.0. How are you doing? How are you doing? Sandy Sutherland, window lean. What's happening? All right. How's it all going? And Stevie smiling already. And Stevie oh. Riley, double glazing. Fuck, I thought I was going to say window liquor there, mate. So I'll take that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. To kick off, you know, we're five years in and I'm still coming up with these. Uh, to kick off, uh, your hopes for 2024. Yeah, it's a new year. What's your, you know, what's your football res- uh, footballing resolutions for 24? What are your hopes or specifically what is your one hope, gents, that you have for ICTFC in 2024 as we go into, as we go into actually our momentous 31st season, I think. Won't it be 31st? Yeah, it will be. Uh, this is our thirtieth now, so it'll be the thirty-first season. Yeah, uh, our fourth, our fourth decade. Then we go into our fourth decade. Um, I'll give you time to think because I don't know, don't know if I asked you to do that. So mine is very, very simple. Uh, three words: don't get relegated. That's it. I, I, I am a positive man, and everybody will know what listens to this podcast. The many hundreds that uh, I like to keep the podcast light. Um, but and I, and I like passing football, but I don't really care. Um, about oh. what type of football is played right now. I just we're in a position where we just don't want to get relegated. It's as simple as that. Gents? No, exactly that enough. Um at the moment, time of recording, yeah. It's a relegation battle, isn't it? Um but we'll be positive. I'm hoping for a right winger. Um I was hoping for a striker up until yesterday, so we got one in as we record and he's had a positive impact today. But yeah, two or three more players in the door, which listen to Big Dunk's interview, P um, Broomhill didn't film me a lot of confidence. He was hoping to get one in, which we now have Samuel in, but yeah, he wasn't too, uh, wasn't giving us too much on any other players coming in, which worries me. Um, I just feel like we're either going to go in with what we've got, or it's going to be a last minute scramble for whatever Dross is left in the in the last day of the window. So yeah, relegation free, a couple of months hopefully, and some more players in. Sandy? Revival for me as well. Uh, within, within the dog fight. Uh, and it'd be good to get out of it as as quickly and as effectively as we possibly can. Uh, I'd also like to see a bit of Keith Bray as well, because he just seems to have disappeared for the last part of 2023, so it'd be good to see a bit more of him again in 2024. Staying up, obviously, but I'd like to see any attacking player um, coming in who's really sort of exciting, unpredictable sort of player that gets people off their seats. You know, No offence to the players we've got, Um that sort of player is pretty rare for any club in this division, but it feels like a few years since we've had someone that you know you really are excited to see what they're going to do. So whether that's someone coming through from the academy or someone that we somehow managed to get in from somewhere, that that's what I would love to see. But I think it's quite a big ask. 
Okay, well, up next is game by game. And also up next, there's been a lot of talk in the media about immigration and unskilled migrants. So is there any truth in the rumour that Big Dunk sent Cillian Sheridan to Rwanda? You got no soul, you rubber bumpers! Right, game by game, Broomhill, Dundee United, Ayr, Adrian Morton, a mixed bag with the end result being we are still 7th, just one point off ninth and 3 off the bottom, of which we will discuss after the game. So, uh, at time of recording, we're recording this in the evening of the Broomhill match, 4-0, second half brace from Sub Adam Brooks, plus a debut goal from Alex Samuel and a strike uh, from captain for the day, Charlie Gilmore, is more than enough to see off fifth-tier Lowland League Broomhill. The visitors reduced to 10 men in the 51st minute, with the on loan uh, over the bridge forward, Samuel missing the subsequent spot kick. And Aaron Doranassel also had a, ro- a goal ruled out for offside. So, uh, Sandy, you were at the game. Um, the performance itself, he's changed the shape, he's changed the team. Um, how reflective is that performance, do you think, in terms of him building for the next few games? Has he learned anything? Are there players that are going to come into contention? How is that going to help us build for the next few matches in the league? I think Alex Samuel's put himself straight into contention. He was by far the best player today. Uh, the the praise that came from over the bridge about him was his work rate and his, uh, his sort of effort and endeavour, and that showed more or less from the start and carried on right up until he went off. Uh, he took his goal well enough, although he couldn't really miss. He was basically right on the line. He missed the pen, but apart from that, he was he was excellent today. He's kind of everything we've been needing in the forward line. Uh, so I would not be surprised to see him back in the starting lineup again for for next week. In terms of the shape, we started with the back five, um, which surprised me a little bit. Uh, Louis Longstaff deputising as a, a sort of left back almost. Uh, it was kind of more of the same to begin with for most of the first half. It was sort of a lot of side to side and back to the back three and not an awful lot happening in terms of kind of quality. We did make chances. We got a lot of joy down the right hand side of the pitch. Uh, Samuel was running that channel a couple of times. He was also trying to bring other people into play. He made a couple of chances. The Doran one, I couldn't see for sure from where I was sitting, but it looked like it was going in anyway. And Wallace Duffy tapped it in. That's what got it chalked off for offside because Duffy was was miles offside. He then missed a chance himself. And then the second half, we changed the shape. Uh, we went to a back four. They'd already gone down to 10 men at that point, And it kind of became routine after that. But the Tabs made a good impact. Billy Mackay came on, made a couple of chances, set up Adam Brooks for his first. He looked very lively, took both of his goals really well, especially the second, because it looked like he kind of backheeled it. And I think it might have taken a wee nick, but it doesn't matter. He got himself into the position to, to make it happen. So good good overall performance, heavily benefited by the extra man, but we're through to the next round. I mean, you kind of take it at the wee pinch of salt, given the kind of depth and in opposition. But no, a lot of encouraging signs today, especially from our new boys. So we'll take it all the way. Yeah, you say he changed the shape at the start of the second half. Do you think you know, he's obviously, to start the game, he's gone with the same shape he's gone with in previous games and I had a conversation with someone this week saying, what what do you think his favourite system is? Do you, why do we play three at the back, five at the back? And I said, and I thought, well, we, we play that because initially he changed the shape the first game against Dundee United because he wanted to get something out of the game. But since then, he's stuck with it, hasn't he? And sometimes it's, it's looked like the right decision. You know, I think um, in certain games, Harper and Carson, have, when, when they've been the two starting wing-backs, have, have done pretty well in those positions. Um, we don't necessarily have players further forward 
who could play as more conventional wingers um, in a four-four-two. I mean, Shaw can do it. I still prefer Shaw on a ten personally, you know, but he can do it, and I think he's probably better either as a ten or as a winger than in that sort of slightly narrow role forward role that he's playing at the moment. I think he sometimes looks a wee bit lost there. Yeah. Um, so I think you know, you're right to say that it was probably necessity that um, that meant that he went that way. But I think it, it sort of suits the personnel we have. But I think regardless of which system he plays, whether it's a four four two or a, a three five stroke five three um two, it needs we still need more creativity in the wide areas. You know, we'll we'll come to that. We'll talk about that. You know. Um it might it might also be interesting to see what happens now that he's brought Samuel in, who's a much more physical sort of player. Does he go back to four four two in order to accommodate Someone like that, who maybe is a foil for Mackay, is holding the ball up, is kind of make, occupying defenders and allowing Mackay to actually stay a bit more forward and, and pick up in chances. So that's a possibility as well. So that might also dictate whether he sticks with the, the five or goes back to a 4 4 Adam Brooks, he comes off the bench, Stevie, he scores two goals. Um, he'll obviously be annoyed. He's been there since the start of the season and Samuel's literally just come in and he goes straight into the starting 11. So that's the best thing you could possibly do in terms of Brooks' performance, isn't it? No, yeah, and um, Sandy was sort of giving us a, an overview of the game. That was, I think, stood up for me was seeing Brooks score, and I hope he kicks on now. I think, I think a lot of potential there. I think he's been a slow start to his career. I don't think he's had as much game time as he's probably expected, but I think he could, as much as I'm hoping McGregor comes back and can fill that ten role when he's fit. I think Brooks could be a ten. I think he gives you options. He can, he could probably go wide as well, not a winger type, but I think he gives versatility and for a team of our. Our squad size, sorry, we need players that can play in two, three, four positions at the moment, so he gives us that until we get some strength in, but not promising, and yeah, hope he kicks on. Question on Samuel, I don't know him from Adam, like, and I've not seen much of him. Is he a, is he a foil for Billy then? I mean, if, back to you boys, if we went, if we even went 5-3 to a 4-4-2, what sort of player? Is, is he a target man that Billy can play off of, or is he Yeah, similar? That he, he very much took the sort of target man mantra today. He was using right. his body to kind of back into defenders and hold it up. To be fair, that's that's what that was the kind of gist I was getting from folks I spoke to last night. Uh, one county fan I spoke to said that his arse is so powerful it deserves his own squad number. So I mean that <laughs> kind of tells you all you need to know. Uh, John McGinn version too. Yeah, yeah, someone else John, said that to me. Yeah, that's it. Uh, but now nah, you could see from very early on the guy's got a lot of effort and energy in him, and you know, it, folks over the bridge seem really surprised that he was getting let go. Never mind, sort of let go to us. Uh, I like what I've seen in him, though. I mean, again, you know, you take it with a pinch because it's against such a, a sort of low level of opposition. But, mm-hmm. you, you know, I, I, the only time I'd actually seen him previously was last season in the playoff when they dropped in. Um, I think that's what's something against Partick. Again, that's the only time I can remember him. He was, but... he was, ve- he was very influential in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and in terms of attitude and all that, folks sort of have been really complimentary of his character. It sounds like somebody could be a good fit for the dressing room. So... No, I'm, we, I'm hoping we, we, we might we might as well finish talking about him tonight because we're going to talk about him and transfers. But um, yeah, yeah, he's, he's being criticised online. Well, one because he's Ross County, but I don't think beggars can't be choosers these days. Um, no. And and two is his scoring record is nothing short of abysmal. Um, but then someone said to me today, when have we ever signed a, a striker? It's got a really good scoring record. Players come to us to sort of create that record, don't they, Steve? That's why, that's why he's coming to us. If he was that great, he'd be going either sideways in the Premier League or down south. So there's a reason why. But I think he, I think he equaled his uh, goal tally for county. He scored one for county. He's done one for us. So he's, yeah. he's, set, he's set his targets high. But I, I, I didn't know much about him. I mean, I wasn't 
funny as well, isn't it? Because I don't know much about him. I wasn't excited. I wasn't deflated. But it was good, just good to see someone coming in the door after a, a long week last week. I seen players leaving and coming to Sandy Review. It looks like a good fall for Billy that he could play with him. And would would obviously big Harry and Killian Sheridan who didn't set the world on fire, did they? So anything is a yeah, is an he improvement could, on those two, mate. He, he comes from Aberystwyth Town, played nine games, no goals. Swansea City, no games, no goals. 26 games on loan at Morton in 15-16, two goals. Don't remember him. Newport County on loan, 18 games, two goals. Stevenage, 22 games, no goals. Wickham, 72 games, where I think he did pretty well in terms of I think he won something. Uh, six goals and then one goal at, um, at them over the bridge and then one goal, one goal with us. Uh, and also, I noticed from his social media that he's um, he's uh, he's a man of faith. He's a man of faith. He was thanking God for his um, for his move and his successes at, at Wickham. So it's surprising to see the um, the God botherers over the bridge get rid of a man of faith. You know, you you know they 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 class themselves as these uh, you know. I mean, we don't play on a Sunday off, and obviously Roy McGregor would never go to a game on a Sunday, would he? No, never. He's never done that. Has he? Exactly. Unless it's a cup final. Um, okay, right, we'll move on. Um, the last league game was ourselves nil Dundee United. One, James Carricker is thrown from the off. We dominate possession. They are they are largely poor. Not a lot happens. Then Tony Watt scores at the end. And I think if that's your striker doing that in the celebration, then you'll love it. And if it's against you, then you know you'd be ripping his chickens' heads off with your bare hands. Um, and they, sorry, they plucked a win from nothing, didn't they? Yeah. I, th- I think they did. I was surprised by how poor they were, to be honest. Um, but I don't be I don't be terribly critical of us. But I think that you know we 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 got a lot of plaudits. You know, um, when I actually felt that although we were quite neat and tidy, um, we weren't that dangerous. You know, no. it just feels like we. And actually, we talked about talked, talked about this dominating possession. I, apparently, we only had forty nine percent, so we actually were slightly less dominant um it didn't feel like that it did feel like we had more of the ball um but yeah an awful lot of sandy was saying of side to side united obviously came you know ready to be patient ready to be quite solid um that seems to be something that they've um got better out over the course of the season i mean i was surprised to see how few goals they had conceded because there was some games early in the season where they seemed to be allowing teams an awful lot of possession and um they sometimes kind of like seem to take a lot of risks but in this game you know they were they were very solid at the back. Um, we didn't get beyond them very well, but it also felt like even when we won the ball back in the previous when we had possession, we didn't really move it fast enough. You know, I, I just everything just felt a little bit slow, a little bit ponderous. Um, not the ball not going out to the wide players quickly enough. I mean, I thought David Carson pushed on really well in this game, and and Harper always tries to do that, but I think we don't really find them quickly enough. Um, Neither of them are. Harper is sometimes better than Carson getting beyond the last man, but then that's not really his game. So I think what you need to do is get it to him early when he's got a bit more time to pick his cross. You know, he he put in crosses for most of our chances. Most of them came from Carson, but they were nearly always going in really packed penalty areas. So it just felt to me that you know we we maybe could have moved the ball more quickly. We maybe could have used our possession a little bit more imaginatively as well. You know, it, it seems to be the same sort of, the ball kind of goes round kind of about 30 yards out slowly and eventually reaches, uh, you know, one of our wing backs and not that much comes from there. Um, yeah, that's what Liam Keogh was referred to before in this pod is mm-hmm. like a horse, horseshoe football, didn't he? 
yeah yeah that that's what it felt like the other thing i was saying i mean i thought we were we were pretty impressive at the back and i think generally speaking um under ferguson we have tightened up there you know there's no question about that that's something he's definitely got right um but the you know the goal does come from what looked like slightly tired desperate looking defending you know i think it was carson tried to clear it it comes back in Carragher, who i thought was mostly pretty decent i mean morgan boys was, was probably with the pick of our players i think but but character was pretty decent but he goes flying into and it's somebody mistimes it and that allows middleton i think just to just to kind of stroll away with the ball and then um watt's got an easy finish and um, makes an absolute dick of himself in the cel- in the celebration you know i mean what a pathetic uh, spectacle that was what about Longstaff, Sandy? He was the additional midfielder in a sort of a diamond shape. How did that work for you? He had a couple of good moments on the night, but overall I thought he struggled. Uh, same with same with Nathan Shaw. I thought they both really struggled to get into that game. And, you know, uh, going back to what AY says, I think he's spot on the mark. We just There was times in that game where we just needed to be a bit more direct against him, and I think we would have caused him a lot more bother. Uh, and... It just felt to me like the two of them, they had maybe just been a wee bit more ambitious when they were on the ball because they were, they saw plenty of it. They just weren't really doing enough of it with it for me. They weren't, they weren't getting at defenders. They weren't, they weren't even looking for a forward pass a lot of the time. Mm. It was always going either out to the wing it, on the few occasions that somebody pushed ahead of them yeah. or it was going back. I just felt like that, that was one of the things that slowed us down. You know, Shaw's had a bit of a run like that recently. I'm not sure he's so comfortable in that that position that he's playing right now and you know that's that's not on him I think he's just better suited to playing further up the park than than what he is at the moment Longstaff had obviously come in for 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 Welsh who had left on the day but you know I look at it and I think you know in an ideal world if Weatherspoon and Welsh had played over Longstaff and Shaw we might have even won that game Mm. well let's not let's not beat about the boots there's obviously been there's a lot of work done in the training pitch in terms of possession, uh, in terms of him embedding the system that he wants to embed, but he doesn't have the roster of player which to implement that entirely effectively. So, albeit we've picked up X number of points, we haven't pulled away from the bottom of the league. Was that a mistake? Could we have picked up more points by not adhering strictly to that diktat in terms of play, Stevie? What do you think? Probably, looking back now, you'd probably say yes, but I mean... I don't, I, I don't know if Ferguson totally trusts the bench, right? I mean, obviously that, that's evident sometimes when he's when you look at options, but I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's been that flexible with the players. I think he's he's usually been pretty rigid. Um, we'll talk about Welsh later, no doubt. That's a contentious point at the moment amongst fans. Letting him go, especially to who he went to, is a is a weird one for me. But I don't know. I, I, some of the games we'll talk about the Airdrie game, which was hopeless. That was going back to worse than under Dodds. Um, in the second of January, that was terrible. But I don't know. You can blame the manager, but I think you still got to look at the players as well. Are they are they taking what he's putting on the training pitch on board, or is it a case of what he's trying to implement? The players aren't capable of. It's probably a bit of both at the moment. Yeah. Um, one thing uh, I should have added to that, and it ties in what you're saying, Stevie. The amount of time Billy McKay is spending dropping really deep to try and make mm. things up the ball is not a healthy sign. You know, no. I, I, you can't. He's he's obviously our, our greatest goal threat, and it's not as if there are other players, you know, running beyond into really dangerous positions when he's doing that. So yeah. that clearly shows we're not getting the best out of the players who should be our our creative threats, i.e., Shaw and Longstaff. I don't um, think we got a ten, Andrew. I think we spoke about this no. in the pod last time. Lack of a ten, but we 
I don't know. If, I think he was doing it under Dodds as well, though. I'm, I'm sure he'd been doing it for the last few months, dropping by, but even more so under Ferguson. But we don't have that player that breaks the lines, and that's back to maybe standing over trap with Brooks. We need someone mm-hmm. to take the onus on to actually go forward because we've done it against the air, which we'll speak about a little bit. But yeah, we, we don't have that creative player, which goes back to what Liam Keel was saying about Gilmore, Anderson, but there is somewhere we don't have a, yeah. have a dynamic number 10, do we? So maybe that's what we're missing it. And I think teams generally are sitting reasonably deep against us because they know that we're not, um, you know, are you know they're are they're, they're not they're not coming out, they're not going gung ho, they're 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 keeping their defence, you know, fairly well stocked because they know that we don't, you know, we don't have the players that are going to kind of get beyond and all this sort of stuff. So I think they think we're a containable team, you know, um, that, mm-hmm. that they're not going to kind of totally run them ragged. Um, so they they can afford to sort of take their time. Almost going go forward, you know what I mean? That it's, it's it, and that's I think that's kind of frustrating us as well. Um, who knows? I think we need, you know we've we'll talk about transfer window and what we need and whether there is anyone out there, you know. But certainly, I think just the the fact that we're just seeing Mackay sort of you know well out of position so often is is, is not a healthy sign. Okay, we'll move on to the the win, Air One ICT Three, much improved performance. Boys, obviously, man of the match with his two headers. Ridgers with five match-winning saves. Anderson covering every play to grass. Carson solid. Harper supreme, and 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 sadly, Sean Welsh controlling the game for the sixty-five minutes he was on the he was on the pitch. Uh, Stevie, you were at the game. We'll talk about the departed prince later. Um, I, I thought this was a sort of return to form of sorts, more of a pragmatic approach, but that might have been the sort of the smaller pitch at Somerset. What were your thoughts? I, I mean, Welsh was standout. We'll speak of him later. I thought he'd be brilliant. Um, I think Anderson was sort of, we'll talk about a minute ago about breaking lines. Anderson's a bit more forward forward. He was sort of getting into the edge of the box. He done it against Partick for the first, what was it, 14 seconds, wasn't it? That goal against Partick at Christmas time. But he's the sort of one that could do that. But he, I thought we were more higher up the pitch. I thought Cammy Harper, he's delivering for Boyce's, was his second goal? I can't remember if it was second goal with the header at the back post. Superb. But I think we dug it out in the first half. If You might have seen the game off, but. First 35 minutes, it was all United. We've got a fortuitous goal with Billy B. Kyle, so the keeper and defender making a hash of it. But that was Ridgers kept us in it, yeah. I got some amazing saves, but once we sort of scored, I thought we were by far the better team. They, obviously, Logan Chalmers came back and scored in the second half, but it was like the old does getting the balls wide, getting balls in the boxes, which yeah. again, they come from wing backs. The lack of wingers is still evident, but yeah, I thought we were more forward forward than what Andrew was saying before. I thought. It's the only time in the last six or seven games we've actually had midfielders that are actually supporting the strikers, which meant that Billy could actually score rather than come back to the halfway line and, and becoming a defensive midfielder sometimes. So, yeah, great, great away day. Um, I was going to was going to ask, where, where did you head to this time? Usuals or? No, I got left down there, mate. So down the back, I, was, I didn't oh, stay right. near long, mate. But yeah, in the terrace and below the stand, mate. So it was good. Um, but we went to a little bar across from the ground, which for uh, anyone listening to Inverness at a club, please make something like this happen at home because if you've been yeah, to Somerset good. Park, they've got yeah. a, a beer garden across the main stand with local vendors selling pizzas. So stuff like that is easy to do and it, it was fantastic, mate, as you know. But yeah, great away day and yeah, false hope, I think, because uh, we reverted back to the old as against United and sat back, didn't we? Uh, Bullen's gone now, so who do they get in and how important, Sandy, is uh, that appointment not just to their season but actually to our season uh, vital for them because I think by the sounds of it it kind of been a long time coming for, for Lee Bullen he'd been on a shugly peg for quite a few months all the other teams around us you know Queen's Park have recently appointed Arbroath had not long appointed McIntyre and 
all these teams have kind of seemed to have had a bit of a bounce. So you wouldn't be surprised if Air have one as well. And that'll just make it all the more kind of compact down in that bottom three sort of short area. In terms of who comes in, I wouldn't be surprised if it's our, our old gaffer, Mr. Dodds. The, yeah. the odds on the odds on him seem to be shortening. I did, so. I did think that. What, what's the what's the the skinny on the um, on the forums on Pine Bovell? Talk about Gary Boer, who was also quoted for Queen's Park. Whether that's just speculation because he's managed up here before or whether he's actually genuinely interested, I don't know. But he would be a very popular appointment. Um, a lot of them are saying they want Ian McCall back. But I think that's very unlikely. McCall having taken the, the Clyde job, you know, I think he's uh, he's a pretty honourable guy, I think. So I think he'll, he'd, be un- he'd be unlikely to go that quickly. And the other kind of thing that's being discussed a lot and most of them seem dead against is some combination of Aidan McGeady who's already involved at some level, some sort of management type level I think he's involved in player looking after players who are on loan or something, a really weird well, lo- lo- loan manager, yeah is that it? You're right, aye. So he's, yeah. he's doing that apparently but he's he's wanting to learn his craft so he's talking about a combination of him and Charlie Mulgrew, who apparently has been sniffing about, you oh, know, please but, let please let uh, them get him. Uh, you want you want oh. to have that combination? It's fantastic. Be madness to try and do something as experimental as that um, in this sort of you know at this time in the situation they're in. So I suspect um, Boyer's one they won. Dodds, I think, has got a pretty good chance. Whether he'd be a popular appointment, I don't know because I think he's seen as a Hun stroke Killy stroke, you know, like type, you know, but. Um, Beggars can't be choosers, you know. Yeah, so. he, he could. He could point to what he did when he came in to help Neil McCann, though. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm, yeah, and I'm not. Um, but Scott, I, I think Billy does could be a very good appointment for them. I think he, you know, he might be exactly the pragmatic sort of sort of appointment they need. But the perception, their perception of him, I think um, mm. this kind of prejudice from some of them. You know, I think some of them think it would be fine. It would be okay. John Robertson's been mentioned as well, which is funny because I didn't know if he's got any interest in going back into management, but yeah. quite a few like him. That's possible. Kevin, okay. Kevin Thompson, the one that I'd heard was pretty strongly linked with the job, but Kevin Thompson's been linked with about 20 jobs since he left Kelty and he's not been picked for one, so there yeah. must be some reason behind that. But um, I believe be a good appointment. So we'll um, just, just briefly um, on, on the performance here, obviously, Boys has got the two headers. Um, he did really well against um, uh, um, Dundee United, obviously, up to the point where they scored in the game. After that, um, and he's done really well from us for for us since he signed. Really, on the whole, um, is he staying? I think the I'm... fact that he played today means he's probably yeah. staying. Same with Max Anderson, because if they both played, to, if they hadn't played today, I'd have been concerned. But the fact Was they he... both played for us today makes me think they're staying. Neither one of the lone boys played against Cowdenbeath because I think parent clubs didn't want them pep piper as they both played today. So I can only conclude that means that both Anderson and boys are staying till the end of the season. That's that's a very good shout. Well done, Colombo. I like it. Well Lovely win today as well, which is good. <laughs> Keeps them in the cup, so they're, they're not crying out for a centre half. So yeah, honest. we should, you know, fair play to Alex Sam, who'll be the only Ross County player still in the cup. Eh? Um, right, Airdrie two, ICT nil. Um, yeah, I, I, Airdrie claimed a fourth place after uh, Big Todorov breaks a deadlock again, and uh, Callum Fordyce. I think it's another header. Um, six minutes from time, I wasn't at this game. My brother was at this game. Said it was the worst performance. For a calendar year, you've already alluded to that already in the pod, Steve, haven't you? Oh, it's, it was worse than anything under Dawes at the start of the season, mate. Hopeless. Um, I set the January, it's just a, everyone's hung over from New Year, no one wants to be there. It was a, I can't remember, it was a shot and go, mate. Um, many mate, I told you differently, Moff, but I, second half, I was I was ready to go to the pub about sort of 65 minutes in, but yeah, two carbon copy goals that we conceded. Um, 
sloppy defending. I mean, it was just two headers. Todorov celebrated a bit too over the top towards us, which I thought that was pretty nasty, but fuck him. Um, I just hopeless, mate. Nothing probably standouts. Anderson done all right. Um, but all right, it's a long, a long, long shot. I mean, I don't think anyone got over six out of ten in that game, and it was... Uh, uh, it was worrying because we we sat turned up all right in the party game, the Morton game at home was was what it was. Obviously, we'll talk about that. But yeah, it was a I think kicked the backside, mate. I thought I thought that took us down a few notches in terms of not just points wise, but performance in the pitch. I thought we were hopeless. Uh, last game, we we'll look at ICT nil, Morton nil. Uh, Morton continued their unbeaten league run at the time. It was three consecutive clean sheets since clean sheets since then, and they went on to five uh, five unbeaten, I think at least. Um, uh, we had the majority of possession, struggled to create clear-cut chances, uh, lacked a bit of quality. Want to wipe this one from your memory, AY, this game? Yeah, oh, just such a lack of, it was really stodgy, a real lack of imagination. I mean, Martin absolutely sat in, you know, there's no no question, Martin sat in and, and, and were quite happy to just soak it all up, but they did it really, really well, and it just felt like we weren't, we weren't really committing their players. You know, there wasn't anyone sort of driving at them. It was the same old thing as, as we were talking about, the horseshoe type thing again and again and again. Um, I think we were possibly hoping for a little bit of inspiration from Wotherspoon, which we'd kind of, you know, he, he's been the difference maker in so many games up to that point. And of course, he got injured on, I think, 35 minutes. And that was a, it was a game was done, you know. And by the end of that, um, you know, we didn't end up conceding a sort of sucker punch type goal. You know, um, I just don't remember there being anything really, really interesting happening at all. I think seven shots we had, um, 56% possession, but we just did very little of it. The, one of the most boring 90 minutes of my entire life, I'm afraid. Really? <laughs> yeah. Current situation as, as a whole in the league, so results since the new manager took over, essentially, and what we might expect from the remaining, and there's only 15 there's only 15 league games left this season, so we've played 21, we've won 5, uh, we've drawn 6, we've lost 10, we're currently minus 2, and we've got 21 points. Now, regular listeners to the podcast will remember that uh, when we were in the hole, um, I think it was just either just before Dodds got sacked or just after, we went over the points required to stay in the league. So, you, based on the last three Based on the last three seasons where there's been a, an entirety of a league campaign played, you need 34 points to stay in this league. Like, minimum 34 to have, like, a hope of finishing eighth. Um, so the last three seasons where the 36 games have been played, eighth has had 34, 39 and 47 points. So you essentially need to win between six and ten games, draw between ten and sixteen. So we've only won five and we've drawn six. And there's 15 games left. And you need to lo- not lose... Says you need to not lose more than fourteen games, and we've lost ten games. So if we lose another five or six from fifteen, then we're in trouble. Um, in twenty one, twenty two, Dunfermline they lost fifteen and they went down. In eighteen nineteen, Queen of the South they lost sixteen and they went down. As I say, we've lost ten. Um, and in the championship, on average, we normally win about fifteen league games. We draw about ten and lose about ten. But that's obviously that's completely reversed. Even worse than that this season, um, but if we can win just five or the remaining fifteen games, and we go into ten wins, and no team in the past few years has been relegated with ten wins, one team's been relegated with nine, but not with ten. What do you make of that, Sandy? I know you're a man for looking at these sort of things as well. 
a headache just thinking about it. I agree. What AY said earlier, we look a more solid side uh, defensively. You know, we've been sucker punched a couple of times recently. We need to start scoring goals, though. We need to score goals to win games. And that's been my biggest concern over the last sort of month or so. We're not scoring enough. The minus two comes from the fact that we're solid defensively. We're not scoring enough. We need to get a couple more bodies in that are going to make us score. And the other thing, too, is we need to seriously beef up our home form because our home form's been absolutely atrocious this season. I think we've only had two home wins all season. Granted, we've not had many wins in general, but only two of them have come at home. Not acceptable. Not really. So that's what I think. That's the two things that really need to improve between now and the end of the season. I think if we can get them, we'll get those wins we need and all being well, we'll, we'll get enough. I'm not looking too far ahead. I think we just it's all about survival now. It's surviving as best as we possibly can. But we need goals and we need to make the home ground formidable again. If we can do that, I think we've got a good chance of staying up. Yeah. Um, I don't see any team... There's no obvious team that's going to get cut adrift this season as well. And that's and that's a difference from a lot of the previous seasons of the Championship. Um, it's rare that we've been worried about finishing 10th. We've been worried about potentially dropping into 9th, dropping the playoff places. But this season, 9th or 10th, or we're as likely as almost anyone to end up in those positions. And that's not me kind of being hysterical or or being critical of, of Duncan Ferguson. Let's say the team's you know, much more solid since he came in. But we could conceivably sort of nil-nil draw... One nil defeat our way to ninth. You know, I mean, simply because we're not scoring enough. And you don't, you don't want to finish ninth. No, no. I mean, eight, eight is what you, you talk for. But if you look at the teams below us, I mean, just look at the goals for. Obviously, we're joint second bottom. I mean, I'm surprised the Edinburgh's got 19 goals. We've got 23 goals along with our growth, I think. But we've had a new manager bounce, haven't we? I mean, that's gone. But you think Aero get a new manager bounce if this thing still does exist? Abros still. Jim McTaggart's not been in there that long, has he? And then, obviously, um, Callum Davison is doing well at Queen's Park. One, two, two, isn't he? Or is it two, two? No, one. He just won one, didn't he? Against the. Uh, I don't. I think. Our, I think. I don't think. I think our both. They've only picked, picked up points in eight matches. We've picked up points in eleven matches. But the, our, if, they win, if, they, if they win, they go level with us, mate. Three points behind. It's, I, it's, but over the but over the course, so not so not specifically on like head to head against them, but uh, over the course of you know 15, 16 games left, they've got sixteen. I don't I think I don't think they'll pick up as many points as we'll pick up. Both are point. There's not there's not one team that's sort of cut adrift. There's, there's there's four teams there I can see. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm including them. Yeah. I think Morton will stay up, right? And they're, they're, then you've got a race above them. hundred percent. So basically, Dunfermline are in sixth. They've only played nineteen and they've got twenty three points. And then the four below are us in seventh. The twenty one played twenty played twenty one. Queen's Park in eighth played twenty got twenty. Ayr in ninth played twenty got twenty. Arbroath last played twenty got eighteen. And we go we go to Arbroath in a couple of weeks. Don't maybe get obviously race away next week if we record. But we've got Arbroath in February. That's a massive game, isn't it? I mean, every game is massive, but yeah, we need to we need to start beating the likes of Arbroath teams below us, beating Morton teams like that. That. These are all these are all teams that have taken points off us this season as well, you know. And I'm not just talking draws and talking wins, you know. And even recently they've done that too. So yeah. yes, Stevie's right. We need to be more competitive against the teams that are close to us. Well, Ferguson's won five out of fifteen matches. So if you replicate that with the last fifteen, then we would end on we'd end up on ten wins, at least thirty six points. But you would expect three or four draws in there, which would take us close to forty points, which should be enough. Um, Having said that, Queen of the South and Falkirk both went down in the same season 
on 38 points. And actually, I don't have this in my notes, but just off the top of my head, out of those five wins, how many of those were actually directly uh, beneficial in terms of David Wotherspoon's performance? ARG. He's packed away before one game. I mean, I think we will. That's, 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 that's the most worrying thing for me. To it's, it's a link up play with Billy McKay. I thought Billy McKay looked to have. The Air, the Air United yeah. game at home as well, because he got two yeah. in that game, didn't he? Uh, he, he brings players with him, and that's, that's, it. And that's the thing when you sign players like Wallaceman, it's not just in the park, Moff, it's, it's in the training pitch as well. Standards get increased yeah. as well, and that's a problem. If you, yeah. I'm all for bringing young guys in and loan and giving guys a chance, but you need, you need some more experience. So, I mean, that's what Queen's Park have done with Sean Welsh, which we'll talk about later. And it's, it seemed to rubbed up all that rubbed off all last week, didn't it? So yeah, it's a probably a big big part of it, mate. Wasman's uh, impact. All right, okay. Between now and the end of the pod, right? Have a think about the remaining games, um, and then before we finish, or at some point before we finish, we'll have a guess where we will be finishing. Okay. Okay. Right. Depressing. <laughs> Total opposite to the beginning of the season pod, wasn't it? When we were we were top of the league. Yeah. Five. Right, okay, listen, what's going to save us? The transfer window up next. Okay, transfer window, T date, and it's Saturday the 19th of January as we record this. This has got to, got to have been one of the worst windows since Vista. Uh, that's one for the computer nerds out there. Sandy, did you get that one? No? No. No, okay. God, God you're so young, Sandy. Jesus. <laughs> I know, I know. My baby on this group. Uh, right. Transfer, window targets. To date, we've seen Jamie Carricker's son uh, come in uh, and just uh, yesterday, county striker Alex Samuel. And we saw quite a few leave and we'll touch on them after we look at targets. Has anybody got any... Transfer. Do you know what I had? I had Greg Stewart written down, but I mean that so was down, no. So down, you know. Did you? I had, yeah, I thought. It's, but he's, he's, it's, gone, it's, Premier, he's gone Premier. League, 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 like a Wallaceburn type player that can elevate you or do you spread it three ways and, I, and I'm torn what to do because I think we need we need bodies in there after the ones that we've lost but I still want a marquee signing I want a I want a I, don't, I know he wasn't great but I want a a Wallaceburn I want a Scott Allen type name someone that could come in and can lift fans as well and get maybe yeah. even more bodies through the door but I don't know I don't know where to go mate because we're we're toiling at the moment aren't we so yeah. I've got a couple of names I think you probably do as well don't you Sandy but I don't know how realistic yeah. I've tried to keep it as realistic as possible. I'm yeah. mo- more miffed at the fact that a couple of ones I had that I thought might be a shout have all been picked up in the last 48 hours, which has really pissed me off. We don't need any defenders, so it was all kind of wingers, attacking midfielders, and a couple of sort of centre midfielders as well, I thought. Okay. okay. So, and so, have some of them gone? Are some of them players that you think we might have been in for? Because presumably we have been in for players well, that have turned us down. Well, one I looked at was the boy we had on loan a couple of years ago, Sam Pearson. Bristol City chucked him about a week ago. Yovel, uh, was it? Yovel. Yeah, Yovel picked him up a couple of days ago. And the other one, which was a wee bit of a wild shout, was uh, Brandon Barker, because he'd been a free agent since the summer. Yeah, uh, yeah he's a, he's a yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, if you want to laugh, he signed for Morecambe, and um, my cousin and her partner 
their season ticket holders and they're sponsoring them till the end of the season. So I first I messaged them when he signed. I said, You've stolen my idea. You have no idea what you've done to me here. And they're like, Your, oh. your cousin was giving Derek Adams money for a period of time. I like that, mate. Yeah, I know, I know. Don't here, don't get me wrong. I've I, I can't I can't stress enough how much I've let them know of my hatred for the man. I looked at him using my list, mate, because all yeah, accounts it, at Rangers, he was one of the best players in training. All extra yeah. players rave about him. So yeah, yeah just some, just past. something that just, just just something we don't have. A lot of pace, a lot of directivity. Can play both wings, and I think given he'd been without a club for so long, he'd have been a shout. But mm-hmm. I Morecambe got him to the end of the season. Uh, yeah. They've got a, they do have a player though. I thought might be a shout, and that's Cami Smith because he can't oh. get a game at them right now. He played have the championship. Mm-hmm. That's right. Played the championship. Played the Premier League. Can play as a winger. Can play as a ten. So I thought they- he might be. Somebody we could go for. Uh, Curtis Main's just going into Dundee, so I wonder if there's any chance of Zach Rodden becoming available on loan. I don't think he's had many mm-hmm. chances to push him down the pecking order, uh, just to have a kind of a, a big strike. He's been good at this level, although he's never really done it kind of um, in the top flight. Uh, Jermaine Hilton apparently wants away from our broth. He wants full time football. He left our broth. Oh, is he gone? Aye. Is he's he a free agent now. I had him on my list as well, AY. He was one of the first I wrote down. Our both supporters seem to think he's a really skillful player, you know, and that Dick Campbell didn't use him as well as he could have done, so he could possibly do a good job for the mm-hmm. marquee signing. Alex Lowry, Hearts have just terminated his loan. The other one, this is a weird little one here, um, again, it would be a big risk, and he's possibly not quite ready, but Kilmarnock have got a guy called Bobby Wales, who was at Aloha, and apparently he's, old. All, um, he's just gone back to Kilmarnock, and... And Craig Anderson, who's one of their kind of like uh, big pundits from the terrace, is kind of saying that he thinks that the next stage for him would be to get a championship club loan because he's not quite ready to kind of start for Kilmarnock, but he's got a lot of potential. So if we're talking about a player that could be exciting, that can maybe run up players, provide something different, then he's a possibility. We've got um, Matty Longstaff, ex-Newcastle midfielder, was at Mansfield most recently and hasn't kicked the ball in over a year. Is he not recovering from an injury? Yeah, he was. He was. Is he? Um, is he fit again? Is he? Don't know. Don't <laughs> <laughs> so, know. I just thought it was a Newcastle link, isn't there, with Ferguson? Yeah. There was. There was an ever. There was an Everton youngster I seen. A boy called Tyler Onyango, and Ferguson signed him for Forest Green last season. He was his first signing, actually. Yeah. He picked up an. He picked up an injury, so he didn't last very long there. But Everton were looking to loan him out, and I believe he was offered to St Johnston and Dundee in the summer, but. Neither one of them took up the option, but he's still sitting in Everton's reserves. He's not kicked the ball all season. He's been in the squad a couple of times, but he's got nowhere near. There's a guy, I think he's captain's it's Everton youth, there's reserves. I think he's Scottish. Oh, is that the boy Butterfield? Yes, him. I had, I had him down as well. Yeah. Uh, 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 the reason I picked on Yango was because he's kind of different to what we have. He's quite a big sort of Draper-like player, quite an imposing sort of midfielder. And I thought if we had somebody like him, you know, we're talking about a 10, you know, you could almost free up somebody like Anderson to be your 10 if yeah. you've got a big guy like that next to Gilmore. End of day, all these players, you're always, you've got the added um, problem of trying to get him to move up to Inverness. Now, bear with me here, young young people listening to this who are vociferously unhappy about our latest <laughs> loan signing. Ross County have got a first team squad of at least 29, if not 30 players. And that's not including their goalkeepers. Derek Adams isn't using all them to the end of the season. That's, is he? Why, I, that's why I'm thinking, since we've opened up the door to County, go and speak to him about Jay Henderson. I mean, yeah. 
we the right winger, don't we? He, he, yeah. It was amazing last year. I mean, he's not going to sniff at it. He was on the bench there. I don't know if he came on, but... He did come on. To, did he come on? Set up some, he set up one of their misses. <laughs> um, right. But uh, someone in Pine Bovril was saying um, that they reckon he's... Adams will probably want him out. But then Adams might well be out the door on Monday morning after his outburst uh, after the game today. So, uh, Jesus. I, I can't What's he said this time? <laughs> he said... That, didn't do his homework, did he, on, on the team? Yeah, he came out and said he hadn't done his homework um, well enough before coming up to the job, implying that if he had known that they were as shit as they are, he might not have bothered. That's what he was sort of hinting at. Um, and uh, it just, it just, it almost sounded like he was uh, asking McGregor to sack him. You know, it was, a, it was a, a classic Adam's tantrum. And uh, I just think it'd be, it'd be hilarious if um, um, McGregor calls his bluff and keeps him keeps him there and Adams goes into a massive sulk and uh, County kind of like goes slithering out of the, the league well as I say they've got a lot of players they're not using so are we pleading are we pleading to Ross County nobody wants to go nobody wants to, to go cap in hand to them do we know be fair to Dunk, yeah. right? You know, you're not really a Cali manager until you bring a player back so you know Jay Henderson would be the ideal opportunity wouldn't he alright if, uh, sorry, it's just on the last bit. It's just it's hard to be attracting players up. I mean, if you got a player like Samuel who came as yesterday and Henderson's already living in Vaness, it's an easy fit, isn't it? You know, it's they can hit the ground running. So I think it's in a window like January, we don't have time for a player to come in and take three no. or four weeks to get up to speed. So yeah, that's another another plus. All right. Well, we hate to see them go. Um, normally, we do this at the end of the season or the start of a new one. So it seems ridiculous to be saying goodbye to one of our best servants of the Championship era, Sean Welsh. Club captain, 143 appearances, 16 goals, made his debut in a 1-0 win away to Falkirk in August 2018. He was at the heart of everything good on the pitch for six seasons. He spent a fair bit of time injured, as we all know. Uh, but when he did play, he was one of the best players in the league and he captained us in a Scottish Cup final. Uh, and his last game, he was arguably man of the match in the 3-1 away win at air. And then he was gone, Steve. My favourite player. He'd done a piece with, with Chalky and the PNG and it was really good and stuff. And it's surprised to say that he was pretty surprised that the sort of positive feedback he had from fans. I, I've never met a lot of fans that didn't like Sean Welsh. I think he's one of these players that will appreciate him more now he's gone because he, he does a lot of the stuff that. Not in the dirty works. He's not a sort of player. He, he's a tidy player. He, he just he, he brings everything together. And I think he's, he's one of these guys that just. He makes the jigsaw complete and. Uh, yeah, I was gutty he was going. I was, I was, I, I thought it was going to come at the end of the season. I think we'd all spoke about this maybe in, in games rather than the podcast. That I think he was wanting to move back down to Edinburgh and his family, which is fine. Um, and he certainly he deserved it. But I think the timing, who he's went to, really pisses me off. Um, but it's a great appointment by Davison to bring him in. I think, I think he'll do well for them, bring young boys on. But yeah, we'll miss him. Not so much just in the pitch. Me, I think leadership quality. He's, he's a quiet leader. He's not a, he's not a shouter as, as we know. He leads by example. And I think a lot of players around him will, will miss him, mate. And uh, yeah, pretty pissed off he's gone. And uh, he's his comments, but he's, he's injury prone. He's not been that injured over the years. If you look at it, it's been it's been patchy. It's been evident when he's been out. But he's he's played what I think he was. I think he played 150 odd games for us. Still, still a decent sort of turn. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm gutted he's gone, mate. Super player. Yeah, I think what he brings um, that we don't have at the moment is a certain amount of sort of intelligence movement off the ball as well you know he made these runs he would kind of like create angles for people or he might arrive late on to kind of loose balls those sorts of things and um, i just think we're, we're not seeing at the moment in the way we're set up in the middle you know um i was a little surprised that people um quite a lot of supporters online 
seem to think, yeah, he, you know, it's, he, he's a good player, but um, he's a, we need to get him off the wage bill because he's, in, he's injured too often. I see it, but I think that, especially with the running we've got, a player that can create something out of nothing, a player that can um, see passes that maybe other players can't see or can make runs that open things up is something we're missing. And I think that could be more valuable, really, than, than getting someone off the wage bill for... To, to allow us to bring in someone else who might not be able to do any of those things, you know. So I think um, I, it's a gamble, and personally, I would rather have seen us keep him. You know, one of the first things somebody put to me was that he's been injured all of this season, and that's why it's maybe the best time. But he's actually not. You know, he's been fit since the end of October. He just wasn't getting played, um, and he was in the squad. And even when he was in the squad, he still wasn't getting on. And you know, I look back at some of the games that he was in the squad for. You like, were right, Sandy. You said that last I podcast. I, I know, and that's what that's this. This is one of the reasons why I thought it would happen because he wasn't getting games. And I look back at games like the Wraith one that we lost, the Arbroath one we lost. He he never got on, and there's probably about five or six games in there. If he'd featured even for a bit of them, the results might have been a bit better. And yeah, you know he, he can be injury prone. That that kind of came with it. I understand all of that, but on his day, he was one of the best midfielders in the championship. Yeah. Never mind just for us, you know, box. From one end of the box to the other, he was very influential. And when you're in a dogfight like we are, you need you need players like that in your team. And you know, the last couple of games that he played, he showed that he still had something to offer. And I just get a feeling that it it's something that could come back to bite us. Because yeah, we might well sign another midfielder between now and the end of the window. But yeah, well, not, he, he not, did the interview with Chalky. He said I, I messaged Welshie because we've had him on the podcast before. Um, and he says to me, he said he, he could have sat there, um, but he wasn't going to yeah. play from the looks no. of it. So he said I had no. to look at options for me and my family, and that essentially means you try to get a contract sorted yeah. out for because he wasn't going to get a contract for next season from us. Uh, that no. was clear. So we wanted to get a contract for next season, and that's why they let him go. Yeah, and I think that that's the that's the thing. I think if he had been getting played, you know, I think he would have done a job for us between now and the end of the season, and I think we could have really done with him. And as Stevie says, I think. I think we'll end up missing him a lot more than maybe some people think. I think there was there was still a lot a lot more to happen there, but you know things have gone the way they've gone now. Yeah, sad to see him go. Very sad actually. Um, Zach Delaney, twenty two, joined us in July twenty two. Uh, he's played at centre back, left back. He's made forty appearances. Came off the bench in the Scottish Cup semi final and the final. Made twelve appearances this season, fifty um, fifty two appearances as a whole, and he's just signed for our growth. And I think he got injured within 10 minutes of playing, I think so. Um, unlucky to Zach, but he, he looked really good. Stevie, a couple of times, well, a few times, um, when he was played left-back, we traction engine at some points last season. I, I thought I thought when he went left-back, there was, there was a future there. He's, he's raw. I think he's, he's, he's still, he's, 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 I think it's still a work in progress. He's rash as well, isn't he? I mean, he's, there's a challenge. I think he's, he maybe needs to, Go away, maybe learn some more football intelligence and get his IQ up in regards to football because he's he's certainly he's certainly there's a player in there. I don't know level. Yeah. At. I wasn't too bothered about Zach going. I, I didn't see a long term future. I think he could be a good League One player, bomb the championship. Well, crazy to be bomb the championship, so that's a contradiction. <laughs> but yeah, he's 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 maybe that level. Found his level of growth um, part time as well. So I don't know how that works. I mean, that's that's obviously a transition for him. Whether that's short term, but no, best luck to him. I thought that there's a player there, but yeah, I don't. I think we're just a bit. A little level up for him, and uh, I might, might work out long term for him. It's a good move to Bros. And Pillian Sheridan, he runs a really funny podcast, and Harry Henham, 
he didn't get a chance, and it looks like uh, Lewis Hyde isn't fancied either. None of them come as any real surprise. I mean, Sheridan was always going to go, I think. Just didn't look up to scratch. He looked done. I think his days as a full-time pro are more or less done, having watched him a few times I did. Uh, Lewis Hyde Lewis Hyde had a few fleeting moments, but, you know, centre mid's always a really tough act to get into when you're a, an academy player because it's always such a competitive part of the team. Um, I think he'll do all right in the Highland League. I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe works his way into somewhere like Elgin or that in the long term. And David Wotherspoon, well, Inverness wouldn't let us speak to him, but the Dundonian is a different breed. Stand United did. And he's up next. Where do you want to drink? Well, 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 the Glen Alpins, the Sicilian, the Jolly Trooper, the Castle Tavern, Cupcus Jackson, Dyers of Gallons, the City Bar, number 27, Phoenix Waters, Love to Love, King Exchange, and Mambo's Hush, Heepies, Jeepies, Gunnies, Riley's, Burgies, Kilmore, Hoop, and Ottawa. Right, up till a couple of months ago, every Inverness's favourite spoons was the one on Church Street where you can get salmonella from macaroni and a pint of best for £1.29. But then a short window, but then for a short window, it was the great David Wotherspoon who's now away to Dundee United. So did it happen? Was it, was it real? Was it a fever dream? Um, it did make us feel good um, for the first time since August. Let's speak to a player who has played for ICT this season. Stevie talked to David Wotherspoon. So delighted to have, and I hate to say a former one this player on, but he's now former, but yeah, a superstar for three months. Uh, he was like a, a holiday romance, you know, we, we met him on holiday, he gave us a good three months, he was amazing, but he's, he's left his heart broken, but he's left us with good, good memories and um, yeah, nothing but fond memories. So yeah, welcome to the pod, David Wellspin, how you doing it? Great, thank you. Thanks for having me uh, and what an introduction, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> No worries, mate. No worries. It's fine. It's fine, mate. I'm just um, I'm getting over it now. I've run out of clean nights, mate. Um, the tears are gone, mate. I'm wishing you well. But let's let's get back. Uh, three, four months ago, mate. Um, I think it was a bit of a surprise to Manish fans that you were linked at first because I think, and I don't think it was uh, uncommon. You think you were looking maybe to go back to Canada to go to Canada as a move with the pipeline there. I think you were training with Dufferin. But how did um, how did it come about? And was that a bit of a surprise yourself at first? Yeah, so if I looked at the idea. of Possibly moving moving my family over to Canada at some point, um, so we looked into it, but things didn't quite work out the way the way they did, and um, I ended up training with them for for quite a while. Uh, got my fitness and everything, and then I was just waiting for that right deal. Uh, then uh, Big Dunk came calling and, and said, "Did you fancy coming up for three months?" And um, I quite fancied that, and uh, just get me back playing football because. I was uh, starting to struggle a wee bit with Saturdays, having to, to look at the results and, and watch the football from from afar. And um, I just wanted to get back playing. And he took me up there. He he put me on trial for a week. Um, I think it was the second week in charge um, of the, the team. So um, he was just looking to to implement his ideas and stuff like that. And he got me he got me training. Uh, he wanted to see me in a game, so I played a bounce game, and then from then on he he, he wanted to sign me and. Um, never looked back really and really enjoyed my time up there. I had a great great connection with the boys, the fans and, and everyone surrounding the club and uh, obviously the, the gap at Duncan was, was fantastic with me as well. Because when you come in obviously Billy Billy no left no left so the club we went didn't have a great start to the season, that's the, to say the least, and we'd come in Duncan my first game against the bros. But how was Morale most of the boys said we weren't getting beat 
three, four, five, nothing. We were losing to the odd goal here and there. So we were we were close, but how was this at a camp? Because you're coming in new and what was the environment like? Was that an easy adaptation for yourself to come in? Yeah, it was. It was it was, it was fairly easy, uh, straightforward. I, I never I haven't experienced it too many times in my life, so um but it was it was really good. They were welcoming and um no, they were just one they just felt like they shouldn't be where they were in the table at that point. Uh, and I could see that when I when I walked in, the tra- standard of training was good and um I felt like they could they could push up the table quite easily. So no, it was a, a great bunch of boys and easy to to um to transfer into that team. And just begin to say, what's Big Dunk like to work under? I mean, he's he's quite intimidating, he's he's a bit of a presence where both in the dugout and when he's been he's been close to the fans a couple of times this season when he's when he's been sent to the stands, but What's it like to work under? Obviously, you've got Gary Bowen there as well, who's also got wealth of knowledge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was Gary that that sort of made the phone call and brought me up there. Uh, so I thank him for that. And, um, no, Big Dunk was was uh, the first time I met him. Was very very intimidating. Uh, walked into his office, and obviously I knew he was quite tall. But uh, when I walked in, he stood up and he stood over me. Uh, I was looking up, looking up to the ceiling, like. <laughs> He was so tall, and then he was just standing over me and asking questions right to right in right in front of me, and I was trying to try not to back off. But uh, after that, after that sort of week where he was sort of, I think I felt like he was he was testing the characters a wee bit and seeing what sort of mental uh, mental sort of attitude they had towards training and football. And um, he's a he's a great guy. Great guy to work under, genuinely nice guy. He'll do anything for you, do anything for the team, um, and he's great to work with. His training's brilliant. Um, he's just always got a smile on his face. Uh, I know he comes uh, comes across as a bit angry at times, but um, that's that's the good thing about him is he's, he is he is approachable. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to get on the wrong side of him. I can imagine, I can imagine a few bollocks in the dressing room and the training pitch, uh, even the time you were there. But yeah, he seems a bit more approachable now from his, his playing days. He seems to meld a wee bit and he's, uh, as you say, he's always got a smell on his face, even when we've had not great performances. He's always seems sort of upbeat and positive, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He's, he's, you know, uh, he, he'll, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He, during the games, he'll, he'll be in the moment and he'll be focused that game and um, I think he'll, he shows his passion for it uh, throughout and even after the game if, if things don't go the way that he wants them to you'll show his emotions but once that's done it's done and dusted and he'll, he'll pick himself up and, and he's still got that smile on his face at the end of the day it's, it's something that's uh, really uh, great about him because he's always, he's always upbeat he's always positive and he's looking at the, the next the next step and Always trying to improve. Right, and so it's the time the pitch started well. I think the first game was there, it wasn't the 1-0 game, if I can remember correctly, you scored and you're off to a flyer. I mean, I suppose for yourself, obviously, you talked about the environment coming in. You've been at, you've been at St. Johnston for about 10, 11 years. I mean, it's, it must have been weird walking out on the pitch. And, and I know it was a blue strip, so that may have softened the blow a bit with the colours. But was it weird sort of playing for that team at first coming out and any nerves or was it just eager to get back to the pitch? It was a wee bit. It was a, it was a wee bit. Uh, it was a wee bit strange. Like I've done it a couple of times where I've moved teams and played. So playing with the national team as well. That was sort of a new environment for me as well. Um, so I've experienced it in the past, and this one was. This one was. Uh, I think because of my experience, it was it was easier. Um, 
and the fact that I was just going out there and he said before the game, just go out and, and play your game, enjoy it and get on the ball. And I think he just gave me that freedom and, and belief and confidence to go and, and play my football and enjoy it. Um, and I think that, that that helped me a lot. Thinking this is called the winning shuffle. So we've seen the Wallspoon shuffle. We called it shuffle, but it's a chop. But did you be surprised with standard? I mean, I don't know. Did you? I don't think St. Johnson were in the championship when you were there. Yeah. I know you have before. Did you ever play in the championship before? Is that the first time you played there, yeah? No, that was, uh, was uh, the first time I played in the championship. But obviously, playing against these teams in the Cups uh, over the years, I knew the standard's not that far off the Premiership. It's not far off at all. Um, if not, some of the teams are as as good as uh, the Premiership teams at the moment. And the standard's great and um, it's a great league to be a part of. Um, the fact that so many teams can all of a sudden go on a run and be right up the table because um, the form just changes constantly but anyone on their day can be anyone. Uh, it's that tight. Uh, but it's, it's an exciting league. Uh, but the standard, as you said, is is good. Yeah, I mean, we'd always like a lot of run at the start. We also a good result at Tandis against well, your, your new employers. That, that might have sealed a little uh, move for you there. But, I mean, it's, it's a sort of weird league, isn't it? But even if it's I mean, it's a patchy sort of league, isn't it? You can go two or three wins in a row and you can be propelled half at the table. You lose two or three games in a row and you're, you're down where we are at the moment. I mean, is, is there any surprises too in the league? I know you played in the Cups, but, but even playing against the sort of... The Bros of the world who also got a result against his number S. Was it was that surprised at how good the quality was at the lower end of the league? Yeah, no, not not for me, no. Um I know these places and I've been to these different grounds where it's always so tough to to get a result of these these teams and um they come up to, to away games as well, like when we were playing at when we were playing at home and they'd be hard to beat. Uh, it, was, it was tough. Every game was every game was different. Um, but I felt uh, at Inverness our team was great I think going forward we were very good I thought we played some really nice football at times uh, sometimes maybe not just lacking that colour color, color uh, finish because um, we certainly created many chances um, and then we just seeded some sloppy goals at times um, but it was something that you wanted to eradicate was that was, uh, defensive side of things and, and shutting up shop and getting clean sheets I mean, talking uh, yeah, scoring goals, I think probably one of the best uh, performances during your time was probably the Queen's Park away game. You scored an absolute peach, um, good team move. I mean, shocking day at Hamden, pissing down with rain. But I mean, that's it's all, it's all come together then. Was there ever an option sort of going forward for you to stay on? I know family circumstances and Inverness is a bit of a trek. I think you're based in Edinburgh, aren't you? So it's not the easiest sort of trek every day back and forth. But was there ever an option to stay on or was it was it like, I've got to get back down to my family for... For obvious reasons. Yeah, there was. I mean, they 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 did offer me something, and it was it was a very good offer, um, and I was very happy with it. Um, but things sort of progressed gradually, and um, there was the opportunity to come back down the road, um, and I felt that was <clears throat> that was the best uh, option for me and my family. because it, uh, it was tough. Uh, I would I would travel up there on a, on a Tuesday morning and be there till. The Friday or the Saturday evening, um, so it was it was time away from my kids and my wife, and um, it was stressful at times. Um, but I felt like it was the, the right thing to do was to, to move down here. But that that Queen's Park game was amazing. Um, 
it was frustrating in the first half. Um, they had a lot of the ball. We we struggled to, but we still created really good chances. Um, I think Billy had the ball in the back of the net actually, uh, got ruled offside. Um, but it was uh, we watched it back. It was clearly onside. Um, but we struggled uh, to to get ahead. But then second half, it just sort of clicked and, and things sort of fell into place. And I, I think they really struggled with our shape and our movement. Um, and we caused them all sorts of problems. And we took advantage of that. Um, on a big park like that, we can we can move the ball well. And it was a good surface. No, I mean, people have seen this and it's, 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 I think to the eye, it's, it's quite deceiving. But obviously, Cali Park's the same dimensions as Hamden. You just, you don't think it's a big pitch because also the stands are closer to the pitch. And Hamden's obviously this massive big one. But, is that sort of environment we think of when I sort of prefer playing in wider pitches where we can sort of move the ball about a bit more? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think that's that's true. I always thought Inverness's pitch were quite big. Um, so, yeah, it suited us the way we played. Um, likes, of, likes of going to Morton, they've got a really narrow pitch um, and we struggled. We struggled to play our football because it was so condensed. Um, but I felt like when we played them up at our bit, we managed to move the ball a bit better and create chances, but unfortunately we didn't get the result we wanted to. Uh, I think I, I came off after 35, I think it was, when we played them, I struggled with my, my hamstring. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but um, yeah, they definitely suited us playing in the, the bigger areas to, to play our football. No, definitely. And then after that, obviously, you, you picked up an option. Missed the, the, I think you missed the other game, didn't you, after that? That was just sort of taking the January game and then there was the also United game last Friday and then the air game also won three one. So pass was new, United and I, I think I said that's your brother as well. Like I mean no um no nice fan will ever say you didn't turn up for us and you were it was it was a pleasure to have you. And I think most fans listen to this podcast understand family comes first. I don't care what job you do, whether you're a footballer or a postman, I don't care what you do, family's always first and and I agree with that. But do you, do you look back at time formally? I mean I'd I'd say you probably made some friends up there and uh, would you recommend players going up there to try their try their trade and see, see if they can do something up there. Absolutely, um, especially on a big dancing charge. Um, I think it's it's a great place to be and a great place to to learn your trade and, and play football. Um, it's a great environment. Uh, he'll look after you. The club will look after you. everyone around the club. Uh, looked after me while I was up there. And sort of met with digs and and whatnot. And, um, if I ever need anything, they were they were always there to, to help me out. Um, unfortunately, things didn't end on my uh, on my terms injury wise. I would have loved to have played a, an extra extra few games for the club. Uh, I wanted to see out my my time there, um, even though I was moving on. I still wanted to play the games. Unfortunately, that was that was taken out of my hands. Um, but I appreciated everything, um, all the the sort of social media. Uh, side of things from the, the fans, the club and uh, everyone that's contacted me over the, the past sort of week or two weeks. How's your, how's your fitness now? Are you, are you back training United or are you still going to... Yeah, so this, this week it's progressed a wee bit further. Um, my hamstring sort of uh, um, healing quite nicely and getting back to... Because it was just a small a small strain that I had and so it's back to, to full fitness and um, looking to push on next week when we when we start preparations for our first game, well, my first game for the team against Dunfermline. So I'm looking forward to that, um, but I'm hoping to to stay injury-free and, and push on um, the rest of the season and obviously looking towards 
win in the league if, if, if we can. As we say, yeah, we're, we're, we're in the league at Aberdeen. So we're in a different fight at the moment. But I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting yourselves and race over party at Thistle there. I mean, I still think we're good enough to finish the playoffs. I don't know if you agree, but I think if we get going around, we could finish in fourth. But it's going to be interesting this season. I mean, it's, it's, I think it'll go, go nip and tuck to the end of the season, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, you just, you just have to look at Morton. Uh, Morton were down there right at the bottom. And then all of a sudden, they've just went on a run of six, seven games, I think it was, um, where they just didn't, didn't get beat. And they've, they've piled right up that table. Uh, I, think to, I think they're fourth now, fifth. Um, so it just, it just shows you what a, a run of results can do. Uh, I mean, we look at Inverness, when we went on a wee run, we pushed right up the table and nearly sitting in fifth uh, from being bottom. Um, so it just takes that takes that wee uh, run of run of games to, to help you up that table and uh, I think Inverness will do really well. Uh, they've showed that in the games just recently. Uh, Air United uh, played very well. I was at the game. They played very well. Um, Airdrie was was a bit of a, a bit of a bad one, but teams have those days and they moved on and, and made it right against Air and then against Dundee. They, Took Dundee, Dundee United to, to the last minute to, to score the winner. So, just shows you that they'll do well. Um, and obviously, with us at, at Dundee United, we we want to push as much as we can and, and get the get the title. Perfect. So, before we let you go, friend of the pod, good friend of mine, Mister Rooney. So, obviously, he probably owes you a few drinks for putting that cross in his head for the cup final, but. Um, <laughs> You must have a Sean Rooney story, surely. The guy's the guy's a legend, but there must be at least one PC story you can share with us. The- oh, yeah, the, the guy's the guy's characters is brilliant. He's great to have around the changing room. And that year that he was there, when when we won the cups, he was he was ever present and just as loud as you know. Um, uh, I think right at the start, he, we wanted to get a like a boombox, a, a, a big stereo in the changing room, so. He decided that we've got this one. We'll use we'll use some of the fine money that we we collected, and we'll get it in the changing room. And so you come in, in the mornings, and everyone gets changed, and they go and do their things and whatever and that. And then we, there's a gym uh, in the stadium that we go warm up, and then the changing rooms at further down the corridor. And then all of a sudden, you just hear he's got a, he's got a microphone, uh, and he's <laughs> he's singing it as. His loudest voice, and you can hear it It's not a Celtic FC Mega Max now. Might have been close to that. Uh, uh, no, I think it was just some some random song he was just singing, and oh, just aye. Some of the some of the laughs he had was uh, was great. No, I he's a, he's a legend in person. Yeah. You're as well, mate. And uh, yeah, I wish you all the best in the nation. Obviously, I'll, I'll need to boo you. I think we play <laughs> once more at Tannadice this year, mate. But I, I think <laughs> uh, I think you were great for us. Isn't it? I think we'll see. We were great for you, mate. I think it worked out well. It was perfect. And I, if, if you were 10 years younger, mate, we could have got the wife and kids up to Inverness and uh, <laughs> we'd have let the catch you, mate. No, I appreciate all the efforts, mate. I think uh, I speak to the fans, mate. You were great. And uh, I wish you a lot this season, mate. I hope you, hope you get a title to you. To your name, mate. I really, really appreciate that. Thanks for, thanks for having me and thanks for your support. Uh, listen, it's a lovely place up there. Uh, the time I spent up there was great. So really enjoyed myself. Um, and uh, yeah, I really appreciate your support and thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, I, I played and managed in the Inverness Amateur Leagues for many years before I moved away from Inverness, guys. Uh, and as you know, the league it takes place um, over summer 
And so at, at one at one point in the season, the Highland League players get released and then they come drop into the Highland they drop into the Amateur League and like certain teams become excellent um and you can't beat them. Uh, and then the then the players then when the Highland League starts, they go back to the Highland League club and then it, normality resumes. Uh and I'm just gonna leave that analogy with you. <laughs> I mean to be fair, his impact was instant, wasn't it? You know, he scored the winning goal in his first game and it just all took off from there. Um from very early on, you could see that he'd taken very good care of himself. He fitted into that team almost seamlessly and jack up a great partnership with Billy Mackay. And, you know, the consistency was there. The experience was there. And, you know, you just knew that being on that short-term contract, that was always going to be a, a vulnerable thing for us, the better he got. And, you know, we were very quick to say that we'd offered him something. You know, we I think we actually said that a good sort of month before his contract actually ended. And the longer he went without signing that, you just knew we were gonna, we were gonna lose him. But yeah, I I, I can't sort of remember in recent times a player who's kind of come in and had such an immediate impact the way he did. You know, it'll be it'll be badly missed for the second half of the season. There's no question about that. But loved the way he came across. Spoke really highly of, of the area. Yet another player who, you know, big as a set for being a team that offers players the opportunities when many other clubs don't seem to want to. Lovely guy. Great listening to him. Just break my heart knowing that he's not going to be playing for us anymore. Last You're going to cry there, Sandy? You all right? I thought, oh, don't even get me going. Oh, Dev's, I was with you, Sandy. I was with you, mate. Yeah, see, oh. Stevie, Stevie gets it. Oh. Hard. Logan Chalmers, Jay Henderson, the last couple of years, we brought good loans in and the community mm-hmm. decent teams. We were on our arse when Wellspin came in and uh, Billick, he's still playing really quality. The only, the only thing that really doesn't annoy me about him moving to United. He's only there in the season, so I think this Canada move is still maybe long-term plans for him. Because I, I, I did wonder that as well, because it's a very short-term deal for somebody who's been playing very well this season. It was quite a surprise to see that. I yeah. think it promoted, though, and I'm sure it, it makes the one play the Premier League next year, but I, I was never confident he was going to stay. I think, as Sandy says, yeah. see the better he played for us, or shoot ourselves in the foot move. I mean, I actually want him to, you want him maybe want to get injured maybe two or three weeks before he did, and that might have, um, you know, the Robbie D's. Uh, line where we thought he was going to go and he get injured and they kept him for a bit longer. Maybe that might have helped us, but aye, he was great for us. We were great for him. I mean, I'm surprised we got him. Um, he did say off recording. Billy Dodge tried to say no earlier on in the in the sort uh, of season, but he said no because he still wanted this Canada move. I think he did heart set on it and it just never happened. But it was Gary that why he didn't, Was that why he didn't sign for Dunfermline, Stevie? I was really surprised that they didn't pick him up because he trained with them for a good month, didn't he? Aye, so he was still going to go to Canada. Um, he lives in the English, so the film was a good commute for him. And Aye. Dodds had come in for him and he said no to Dodds because basically uh, he still thought Canada was an option. And it was Gary Bowling that phoned him and got him in. And uh, yeah, he, he travelled up with Killian Sheridan. I think Killian lived in Perth. They, they have travelled up. He, he enjoyed his time. Um, but yeah, I, I think when we, we, we knew United were interested, I think every fan in this podcast and every listener knew he wasn't going to stay. And you can't hold it against him. It was good for us and he... Yeah, he, he gave us some good times, didn't he? You could tell he was missing his family. He was quite open about that, probably more open than most footballers would be. And, you know, I can understand that because for a good 10 years, it wasn't an issue for him because he was playing for St. Johnston. Then all of a sudden to go from that to, to hardly ever seeing them. I can understand for the... Because he described it as stressful. So I can understand why he was feeling that way and why he was anxious to get back down the road. So, you know, we can't really hold it against him. You know, as as we all say, family comes first. What I took from that interview was the insights that I think he gave us to Duncan Ferguson and the training. He said, 
the Ferguson was testing characters, you know, testing characters and mental attitudes the first few weeks. And Ferguson's great to work for. He'll do anything for you. And actually hearing a player say that gives me a lot more confidence in the manager than I had before I listened to David Wotherspoon say that, right? Mm. And we don't, we haven't alluded to this much. We've let people talk about themselves on social media and Pine Bovril and CTO. But um, having that connection with the club and actually hearing players say that is a lot more impactful than reading it in a newspaper. Of course. So yeah. I, I thought I thought I thought that was a, a really great insight into the manager and the way the manager carries himself. What do you think, anyway? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the first thing I wrote down as well. I was really encouraged, you know, because you always think there might be a danger of a, a manager coming in, being very lauded, having played at a high level in one of the best leagues in the world. It might be the kind of the the, the pattern the, what we heard about Glenn Hoddle, which was that he would come in and disparage players for not being able to do what he could do. I think people said the same about John Collins. Um that could have been Ferguson, and it sounds like it's absolutely opposite. You know, he might demand a lot from players who might be testing character, but then he's encouraging players and he's trying to get the best at players or whatever. You know, this maybe is a slightly different thing. That's a slightly different thing, whether we agree with how he sets up the team or whatever. But in terms of his man management and getting players to play for him, I think that's been pretty evident. You know, and it's and as you say, it's great to hear it from David Wallerspoon and. I think it reflects well in the club. So as as you say, actually having it firsthand from the player, you know, and also in more more depth like that, rather than the sound bites you might get in a newspaper. So I think that's the value of having these sorts of interviews on on the podcast. You know, have people have been talking about that recently in, on various forums that they that they miss these interviews that they really value them. No, it's 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 great to hear. Um, I don't I don't go in the forums much anymore, but um, the, the boys. Most of the boys do, and they sort of they, uh, we've shared the the nice comments that people have, have made. I mean, really, really appreciate it. And uh, people fighting the corner is uh, is fantastic to see. So, thank you very much, everybody that's done that. Um, but Stevie, you're not going to be fighting David Waterspoon's corner. You're going to be booing him next time you see him, aren't you? Ah, he's a, he's a hard guy to boo him off. You know, he is nice <laughs> Well, you uh, told him you were going to boo him, so I'll call him every name under the sun when we play against him. Mate. I'll be hating him for ninety minutes, but he's just a nice guy. But the point I forgot about the interview and I forgot it happened. Yes, he came in trial. He didn't just assume he was going to get signed. Yes, he came up for a week and it's crazy, isn't it? And again, no, maybe I mean back to Ferguson testing him, see what his character was like, rather than giving him a big mm. decent contract for three months. Like, do you want to be here? Because he's been a more club man for what last ten years, hasn't he? Obviously, was it him before that's a, a young guy, but chose the character. Well, it's been he could have went uh, maybe a bigger team than ICT at the time, and he still chose to come up for a week and he played that. Is it Rosses he played, didn't he? He played a, tr- played a bounce game, didn't he? I can't remember who we played, but he, he played it anyway. Nairn County. Is it Nairn, was it? Sorry, he played, he played and um, I got a contract, but uh, he's a hard guy to boo, mate, but uh, he's, uh, uh, he's he's good for us, mate. But I will certainly let him know that I'm at the game when we're playing the mate, because he's uh, he's going to be one of the danger men, isn't he? He's in a good team. He's going he's to struggle with not struggling in the team, but he's going to fight hard to get a place in that team, especially likes him, I don't So he's, yeah, he's got a, he's got a job to do. Okay, right. Up next, something light. Um, we we need we need something light. We need we need two lights. We need um, a light to cancel out the dark. And we need a light just to have a light. Inverness, what the hell? How you doing? No water cell for shitty weather, drugs and business. Inverness is a fucking business.
Right, Fantasy Window. I, I'm I'm calling it Fantasy Window. I, I This is w- one of the other boys' uh, ideas, this. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not really too sure what this feature is about. I think it's relatives of famous footballers who would like to sign for the club. Mr. Young, is, is that the genesis of the, of the idea was it? Yeah, Christ, I, do you know, I can't even remember why we signed for who that was a famous relic. Oh, do you know what it was? It's, it's a fact that we signed James Carragher. So I thought, right, uh, but, uh, you know, are there any other famous relatives? And then I've been really struggling to come up with anyone remotely interesting. So hopefully you come up with some someone. <laughs> I've got a few. I've got a few. So um, segueing into the last segment there, uh, Alan Carr, the comedian Alan Carr's dad, I think he played for Spurs, so or someone like that. So we could get the chat. We could get the chatty man down down at the podcast uh, and see if the the club will speak to him. His, his dad was director at Northampton Town. Oh, he was like chairman, so he was like he, he ran a club yeah. as well. So you uh, shout. I went I, I, and you've got this one in AY probably. Everyone's got it. I went Wayne Lineker, obviously because everybody's a shagging in the team. You know, get get you down to uh, Ocean Beach and Ibiza, you know, and. Uh, Get a gun full of uh, vehicle clothes and uh, shoot champagne in your mouth from a gun. So yeah, Wayne Lineker would be a great thing. I, 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 had, I, had a different, I had a different player, but for the same reason, Callum Best. You know, I actually ended up getting a real footballer um, rather than um, than some, uh, I don't know, nightclub host. So um, Alexis McAllister, his brother, he's called Kevin. He's Obviously, he'd be like a sort of a, a natural replacement for Zach. He can play at fullback or centre-back. But also, can you just imagine having Kevin McAllister on the team for the Christmas podcast? It'd be absolutely brilliant. Does he actually have a brother called Kevin? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big pop of being in Argentina, isn't it? You know, Alexis and Kevin. Right. Yeah. Uh, what about George Weah's cousin who once turned out for Graham Soonis at Southampton? He can't, he, oh. he, can't, he can't be any worse than some of our strikers we've had in the last few years. What was his name? Al- Ali Dyer? Ali, Ali, was that, Ali yeah, Dyer. He, told, he said, Ali told, Dyer. told uh, soon as he was George Weah's cousin. Right. No relation. No relation. Uh, or a real one. What about a real one? Uh, I'm gonna, David Beckham's son, Romeo Beckham, who's an attacking midfielder for Brentford B. There you go. Do you know who his best mate is? Oh, I don't know. Mitch Curry, remember Curry? Mitch Curry? Really? Does, yeah, does he play for Brentford as well, does he? You know, they played at Orlando B together. Um, or one of those farm teams for uh, in Miami. So Mitch Curry, he lived in Florida. Mitch yeah. Curry, who likes it spicy, of that famous song. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely the Japanese flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. I was thinking we could sign, uh, I don't know, actually know if he's still with us since a few years ago, but we could sign Johnny Hayes' dog. The, I remember Johnny Hayes back in the day holding his dog up and with this very prominent pairs of testicles, a pair of testicles. Uh, and, uh, I think the, the tweet was captioned, my dog's got balls so proud of the little lad, or something like that. And I was just thinking that, you know, a player with balls is exactly what we need for the running, you know, bit of character. and he can't be any worse than Killian Sheridan. So. Well, something else we need, um, White York's uh, ex, Katie Price, Jordan, you, I mean, you could, you could do a joke about us having nothing up top, but I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that. Am I allowed to keep? Am I allowed to keep that one in? No. I'll keep it. Keep it in. Mine's was cut. You won't do that one, listeners. But yeah, keep that one in. I've got two more. Uh, Yeah. What about Gerard Piquet's estranged wife, Shakira? I think she could be the answer for the ICT concert company. So Scott, if you're listening, (laughs) Um, okay. Um, We'll sign off with uh, with one more. Um, In 2004, Nicholas Anelka's brother. Claude Anelka invested mm. approximately 300 grand into Wraith Rovers and he became manager. 
Um, however, he resigned, resigned as manager even in September um, that year after managing just one draw and seven defeats from eight games. And after resigning as manager, he became director of football, but he resigned from that position uh, in October of that year. So the only difference between Wraith Rovers and Cali Thistle is that we actually paid John Robertson. Talk to me, Alex Chisholm. Now, there's more to football in Inverness than Cali Thistle. I know it's hard to believe, but it is true. Street League, Youth League, Welfare League, Amateur League, Short Live Futsal League, North Caledonian League, Loch Ness, Inverness Athletic, and of course, the oldest Highland League club in existence, Inverness, Clacknacudden FC, the Lily Whites, the Lilies, the Maestros of Merkinch, the Grant Street Gudges. So, what is Clack? What are the ambitions and why should we head down to Merkinch if we have a free Saturday? I spoke to Clacknacudden chairman Alex Chisholm. Delighted to be joined by uh, by a chairman of an Inverness football club. No, not that one. It's Inverness Clacknacudden. Alex Chisholm, how are you doing? Yeah, good afternoon, Andrew. I'm fine, thanks. Uh, thanks for the invitation. Clacknacudden, you know, it could be said that Clack is the oldest football team in Inverness now, I suppose. Yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, you know, we'll say 1885 uh, came into being, and then we'll see the High League came into being, so 1893, was it? So uh, we're the only club that's played in every league campaign since its uh, inception. So uh, we want to keep that going uh, very much. So I also want to push the club on. We're, you know, I'd say we're based in Merkinch, but we're called Inverness Clacknacud. And as far as I'm concerned, we're on Inverness side and we re represent the city. That's where, where we're coming from. Sure. So the main reason I sort of wanted to get get you on because Cali Thistle are away from home half the time. Um, so for those listeners, you know, get we get a fair few hundred listening to the pod these days. Um, so for those listeners who you know don't fancy the winds of our broth or the buckfast of Airdrie, but they do want to watch some football of a Saturday and have a good time, why should they head down to Grant Street of a Saturday, Alex? Yeah, I think from our point of view, we're as I say, I'm very much a we're an Inverness club, and by anything that we do with. Uh, football specifically or sport in the I'm, I'm a great advocate of that uh, and we've worked the last couple of years with Cali Thistle in terms on on the park with getting loan players Robbie Thompson Louis Nicholson guys that come in you know done really well for us and going back to the Cali Thistle and push on their careers and all the best of these guys uh, and that's something we've consciously made an effort with and I think it's a, it's a you know, you look at the history of Inverness going back to three clubs we had and what quality of players Clark, Cali and Thistle have had over the years. And I think it's something that, you know, obviously recently with the, the Cali Thistle Memories Group, this, the trust they put together there and the Inverness Cup that we got back reinstated, it was very much a pushing Inverness football, uh, very much where I'm, where I'm coming from. And I think, uh, let's say, Cali Thistle away, we'd, we'd love other people to come and, and watch us. I mean, the quality of the Highland League, it's, it's a good product. I'd say it's good value for money. Uh, entertaining both ends of the league. Unfortunately, we're at the the wrong end of it at the moment. I'd love I'd love to flip the table and be second, <laughs> bottom, second bottom, but you know that that will change. Uh, we've got a new management team in with Connor and Robbie, and supported by Blair and Marty. Who've been there, I think, there's about hundred years of clock experience between Blair and Martin. Uh, yeah, joking apart, they, they you know they bring a, a massive understanding of what clock's about, and uh, like so to push, push the club on and we will do that but again we need you know we've got a, a really good support in the town and beyond and you know the more people we can attract to football uh, the better so it's up to us to make it a, a place to come and want to watch you know 
and you know, the, no better way to attract people than having a winning team. Now, how, how many uh, supporters are you getting in the ground on average a season at the moment? I know it's been, not been a great season, but um, you know, how many how many do you expect of a Saturday? And what sort of expectations? Where can you drive that to? Do you think uh, at the moment I'd say 100, 150. You know, depending on uh, sort of derby games, whatever we get to a few more in there and take a good support. Uh, so that you know, obviously as, as you'd expect. But we, I mean, for me, it's it's uh, it's there's no limit where we well, say no limit where we want to go. I and mean, people, I was asked by a journalist, what, "What's your expectation?" I said, "Well, to win the league." And he kind of laughed at me, you know. And I thought, well, there's no point in a competition. I want to be second. I mean, in reality, that's you know where we want to be. We're not there. We're far from that. But we're making steps in the right direction to to get there. So that's our ambition. And I think uh, a successful clock is success. A success for me is success for the town, for the city, really. How long have you been chairman, Alex? Uh, I think this is coming up the eighth year. Yeah, and how did you, how did you how did you um, get into the exalted position of chairman in the first place? Is it something that you are actively looking to do, or is it something you felt you you would you know, requisite skills to give something back to the football club? I think I was the last one into the meeting that day, and there was a spear. <laughs> I was told, and I think that's how it came about. But no, well, going back. Uh, long time in my association with the club. My grandfather came up to Inverness in 1932, played with Chelsea for seven years, and he came up here as player manager at Clark, uh, bought a news agents in Grant Street, which is still there, and run with the family. And really, I've been, since basically I could kick a football, I've been, Clark uh, was being my team. So that's really where, where my uh, my sort of loyalties were. And, you know, as I said, going back to the, the Clark Kelly Thistle days, absolutely brilliant times for Inverness, and uh, but that's you know that's the past. Got to respect it. It was great times, but we got to look to the future as well now. So yeah, um, we think we you know the time we'll see with the, the Cali Thistle uh, coming together. Uh, in fact, my grandfather when he came to Inverness in 1932 said, "Why is there not one club in Inverness in the Scottish League?" He couldn't understand a town this size did not having it. You know, it takes so long to get that now, and we you know we need to we need to have a full time club here. Absolutely do. Uh, how, need... how, do you, how do you reflect on that, Alex? Actually, just w- with the, the two clubs going into the league some thirty years ago now, I mean, do you reflect on that as an entirely positive thing, or do you think that Inverness lost, lost something in, ter- in terms of you know money and status in Scottish football? Yeah, it's positive. But do you think Inverness lost something in terms of derbies and whatnot? Uh, from well, from our point of view, yes, because we you know we lost the, the Cali Thistle games and all that, and obviously the Ross County games as well. You know, they were yeah. they were well attended. But you've got to you got to push on, and, and we need a full time professional club in Inverness. You know, it's just the benefits of the area, and it's, uh, everyone gets a you know a, a spin off for that. So, you, know, you know, recently more you know the, the guys we've had on loan from Cali Thistle have been excellent. They're absolutely superb with us, uh, and we want to continue that. We will continue that relationship. Um, and again, guys coming to watch us. You know, you guys are on loan. Cali Thistle put boys out to other clubs in the league, so you come and watch a league game. You will see, you know. Hopefully, your Cali Thistle stars the future there as well. So, there's there's an added sort of attraction to come and, and watch uh, watch a, a clock game. And you and you talked about your ambition is to win the league. I was having a look because I, I do remember when you last won the league. It was oh three oh four because a friend of mine, Neil McCush, was playing for you at the time. I think uh, yes. a number of other another other people. I saw I posted it actually on social media about Davy Brennan. I know Davy Brennan was in that team. I think maybe even Grasser managed it. Did he? Was he managing that team? Uh, Robbie, 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 yeah. that team. But certainly, Grasser was in one of those. Grasser was in squads, and um, there's a lot of big, sort of, a lot of Cali Thistle players used to sort of gravitate 
probably when we were more playing in the third division, second division, first division, old first division, and then go and play for Clark, didn't they? Yeah, we had a few. I like Davy Brennan's perfect example. You know, came with us and he was, I think I'd come in seven years ago, whatever Davy was with us. But what a footballer, you know, fantastic. And that's yeah. why the guys we've got uh, a couple of guys, uh, Connor and Dan, have come in to do our social media in the last couple of months, and they've really boosted the, the profile of the club through through the, the interviews and you know that, that's the, the stuff that you know, the podcasts, everything else that we need to do in modern football now to communicate with people and you've got to let the fans know what you're doing and I think for us that was a an area we needed to improve in and we've done that and I think that's massive because you know at the end of the day the, the supporters are the club and we are we are a supporter owned football club uh, it's a trust owned and that's that's what we're looking to push on we're looking to engage more with the community that we have and uh, how we can so you know put things back and support people you know times like this when people need help so that's we've got a few projects in mind that we want to to push on so but again, volunteers, and that's what, what what every club needs at our level. There's people to come in and uh, and help out. So, 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 what sort of experience do you think uh, would, would supporters expect if they go down to Merkinch on a Saturday? What was what was the what was the old the old bit behind the goals called? Was it the wine shed? The wine shed, yes, that's the the new wine shed. The new wine shed, champagne enclosure. <laughs> <laughs> Honesty, I suppose, is what you get. Uh, yeah, we have a good core of supporters there. That, uh, through the trust that you know, home and away are, are you know, follow the follow the team, and I think uh, yeah, it's people are honest. They enjoy their football uh, passion. We're passionate about our team. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's a massive thing for us. And but as I say, we it's, it's we look to the future as well, and we get we only get young folk involved. We also got our youth development program. We got 130, 140 kids on average play for the clock youth development every season. And I was looking there just recently through the first team. Our reserves and our women's squad, we've got over 200 registered players at Quack and 32 registered coaches. So, you know, it's it's a, it's a bit of a, it's a, a fairly size, fair size yeah. operation. It's, it's yeah. a lot, yeah. Um, do, do you find yourself in competition for for, for young players from Cali Thistle or, or not? No, I, th- I think it's more of working together is the way I see it. Um, every player's got their sort of level and place it can be. And, you know, if the players don't make it a certain level coming up the way or coming down the way, then, you know, we we feel like a good uh, tier five and I in the Scottish setup. We've got a good setup for Inverness to have that, and I think Inverness needs a high league club uh, at that level. To there are players that like say come and loan to us, or guys that want to come up, and young ones that want an opportunity to prove to can go on to a higher level. You know, if they come to us and you know look how many good players have come through the high league and gone on to professional careers. You know, it's you could list them forever and a day, and yeah. I think that. Continue in Inverness and support that. And I think that's where I see Clark has been a, a good uh, outlet for players to come. And, you know, let's say we've got the new Connor and, and Robbie have come in and, you know, the way we're going to go with the club and make it an appealing place to come, not just to watch, but for players to come and play for us. And I think that's something we're, you know, that's what we're, we're focusing on at the moment and uh, just to push push the whole thing on. Sure. And you talked about, like, Sir Robbie Thompson, who was on loan last season. He, he played in the first team this season. Billy Dodds put him in the starting eleven actually in his last match in charge at Wraith Rovers and he did very, very well. And we haven't we haven't seen him since like a lot of the young players uh under Duncan Ferguson so far. But is it is it would you like to get would you like to get more players from Cali Thistle? Is is there relationship building to be done there with the club or does that relationship exist? Because you see a lot of players going alone to like say Nairn and Forest. Um so would you like to have say a quota of like ideally, you know, get three boys in every season or something from Cali Thistle? I think we have a relationship, and a very good relationship with uh, Cali Thistle just now, uh, on and off the park. And I think that's, uh, 
that's for me was a, a massive thing for us, which you know, as I said before, wasn't there in the past. But I think you know, guys come to Clark and the coaches can watch them. And yeah, I understand there's players will go to other high league clubs. And I'm not saying Clark need to take uh, a certain number of number of players every year. I think if the like recently we took Young Corey on to help us out with the goalkeeping situation, and he was he was brought for us for a couple of games, and then so there is that kind of. Uh, Relationship where we can we can help help the clubs out. We the guys get experience coming to play in the league. So uh, and you know players themselves maybe certain players are suited to going to a type of club or or not. It's not a case of you must go to that club. But maybe mm-hmm. certain club plays suits the, suits the player and suits the player's development. I mean we like just to think that we we're going to become an attract. We are going to become an attractive team that the you know the guys want to come and play for us and certainly likes of Robbie and Louis that came to us and they, they fit in so well with us and they. Yeah, they you know gave us so much as well. We 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 all gain from it, and then they go back with with that experience of adult football. So, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a no brainer for me, really. Sure. Um, you mentioned Conor Gethins. He, he's come in very recently. Um, what sort of attracted you to him? Because he was he was still playing um, up front for Nairn, wasn't he? So what what sort of football does 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 he? Would he like to see, or is it a case just now, just trying to get away from the bottom? But having looked at the league, to be honest, actually. I think your your third bottom two from twenty one seven draws. Keith are below you, uh, but Strath's are almost certain to finish bottom, aren't they? I would. Well, you can't say that, but <laughs> I can, I suppose. Yeah, we we don't. I mean, you've got that issue of uh, the, the the pyramid system now, and yeah, it's a you know, in years gone by, we case off. Well, if you weren't that high up in the league, you weren't too. So it wasn't sort of an issue for you. But you know, there is that now, and there are ambitious clubs elsewhere with uh, deep pockets who are, are looking to come into the Highland League. And I think everyone in the Highland League we've got to look after. We, you know, I think we're a really good product in the Highland League, and I think we've got to look after teams. And you know, I don't want to lose anyone. Uh, so certainly not lose ourselves. We're not even thinking that way. We're we're thinking looking up the other way. Um, but going back to us with Connor, you know, we spoke to Connor a couple of years ago, and it just wasn't a right time. But we were very impressed with him, his his, his attitude and his uh, his plans and his way as we are thinking for for you know the football club and how he would um, improve things. So. Uh, and we agreed at a time it wasn't both parties wasn't really the, the time, but now was uh, this opportunity came up, so we've we've grabbed it and it's uh, he's come in and you know in the, the short time and uh, on Saturday there we you know we've got to wait for Isborough and we've got a ninety third minute equaliser which really deserved and I thought the the attitude of the team fitness levels have gone up and the performance levels and I thought it was uh, yeah that's down to to the work they put in in the last not, not even a month six weeks. But that's a so, great that's a great result, isn't it? Because they're up there. Yeah, well, they were. I think they were second top on, on Saturday. Yeah. So I mean, when they when they went up two one up in the ninetieth minute, they were taking their shirts off and spinning around their head like they won the league, you know. So I thought, okay, I thought, no, we're not finished here. This wasn't yeah. over. I just had a feeling there was there was something else to come out of this game, and it did. And I thought, fair play to the guys. I mean, as Connor pointed out, in the ninety third minute, we'd five players in their box when we scored, you know, um, and maybe that wouldn't have happened in the past. But now there's a certainly a change of mindset, which is, you, you know, football. That it's it's uh, yeah, if you've got that that belief and confidence, then it's amazing what you can do. So you you can obviously I was going to ask how do you compete with the top teams in the league? Sometimes in seasons gone past, in the in the Highland League, it can almost look as if it's almost two two leagues with some teams sort of um, pulling away from others. But, but I think the likes of like Broda and Bucky and Tariff, they're they've sort of traditionally been. There, but sort of breaking banks of D and Fraserburgh are, are are leading the line this season. So, how, what what's what's the sort of 
how do you level the playing field and get Clark, as you say, turn that around? How do you get Clark from being down there to becoming s- slowly challenging with these teams? Is it a process of of investment, or is it just you've got the new, you've got the manager in, you got the way you want to play, you're having a look at how the football club runs, you're engaging it? Is it so many different things coming together? I suppose. Yeah, it's it's all all the moving parts. You've got to yeah. really sure they're all going the right way, and I think everyone's got to think the same way. And certainly from the you know the football trust and from the board, we all think we're right. We're here for the club to improve the club, and I think that's the starting point. Everybody's got to be thinking the right same direction, and and we know that you know it is to do with uh, finances because if players come in and they say they're getting X amount in a certain club, then that's more appealing to them, and I fully understand that. Um, we believe that we were small steps for us. We get we get the manager, and now we've, I think it's going to make a difference for us. And then off the part, we've got to support that as well. And, you know, with the backing of, of the community, which is all part of the getting people involved with the club and getting, you know, the social media engagement and getting people coming through the gate. That's the key thing is, is you know, you get your, your £10 in every every Saturday and that goes towards let's, let's improve the squad. Uh, I'm not saying we're being big spenders. We're far from, from that. But so, you know, we've developed the young kids as well through our youth development and the reserve team. So that's another area. But again, that's... It's the volunteers that are putting the time in to, to do that, to go out and get fundraising, get sponsorship. And I think my appeal is to you know local businesses to come and support the, these young boys as well and get them in playing for, for an Inverness side. And, you know, they won't do well for us, obviously, but if they can go on and, you know, get a career out of the game and do well for themselves, and I'm, I'm absolutely delighted with that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a slow process to, but, you know, with football, there's no time is the, the biggest thing that, you know, every manager wants, everyone wants, but sometimes that doesn't happen in football. Everyone wants the instant turnaround. But I think you've got to be realistic. I mean, I've seen you want to win the league. I'm realistic. You know, that's we're not going to win it this year. <laughs> you know? You're going the right way because you won it in 47, 48. It was in our 30 years, 74, 75. Round about another 30 years, 03, 04. So it's coming up. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to peak too soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You do. You want to be realistic. Say, well, this is where we want to be. And if you you move up and you get into, a, it's a competitive league, as I say, as you said very, there. Very. You know, you've got clubs that are in the the juniors that are down the road that are, you know, funding big you know squads to 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 come up and look to to move on. And I mean, there's like Brecon have come in and you know they've found it a, how competitive the Highland League is. It's not an easy just get out of well, let's go to the Highland League because it's easier to get out of than the Lowland League to you know for these ambitious clubs. But um, I haven't said that. That's that's fair enough. I mean, there's a like Cali Thistle have been really ambitious. Look at the clubs that have gone up. We have you know they've done well. It's not a case of just going up and sitting sitting mid table somewhere. Uh, I think the clubs from north have shown ambition, and I think that's that's a good thing because we have we've got the players are good enough uh, and. It's just getting that backing to move to move, move the club on. Cool. Um, a few quick fire questions for you then for the supporters if they're looking to get down to Grant Street. Uh, how much does it cost to get in? Yeah, ten pounds a tenner for for everyone, and then a couple of quid for your raffle, and then uh, a nice curry pie and a, a cup of tea, and your that's you sorted for the day. And that's your that's your entertainment for the afternoon. What about the kid, what about the kids? Uh, under twelve is getting free uh, with an adult. And be also concession concession for that. So, um, but also we with our kids and we have our, our own youth development guys. They're all obviously free to come in, and, we're, and that's something we're working on as well. Getting the, the boys in the park half time, do well the better, doing the better weather to get the the primary squads in there to kick a ball at half time. I think it's good for them to get that experience and just to create a wee bit of an atmosphere. Although the guy that was recording the games for the Highland League, we didn't like he had 
20 screaming Clark supporters sitting behind him in the stand when he's trying to record the match. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was fine. It was all part. It's all part of it. We've got to do that. You know, it's it's uh, you got to look to the future. You mentioned a curry pie. Where'd you get where'd you get your pies from? Where'd you get your catering from? Uh, well, part of the ladies themselves put them together. So they've got a, they've uh, a mixture. They like to try something different uh, every week. So or every home game. Yeah, shirt. How much cost for a shirt? Uh, we had it was thirty five and. But we did one for 45, which was a, a Marie Curie one, and, and the money from that went to the Marie Curie charity. So um, we ranked 35 for the, the white ones at the moment. But we took out a new black one there recently as well. So um, we sell them at the shop on the match day, but also, um, also a family at Roger's shop. They they hold a stock of uh, scarves, shirts, and uh, also the, the Inverness Memories book I mentioned before that Cali Trust have put together. So that's on sale there as well. So we thought it was a good a good point for us to just again. It's a, an easier place to get things when they you know, there's no match day on. Who's your favourite Clack player of all time? My dad. Oh, there you go. And who is the best player in the current squad? Oh, best player. That's a difficult one because there's a lot of players that are good in their certain positions. And it's hard to. I think I'd be unfair to say. Uh, can you pick three? <laughs> I can't let you pick 11. Well, who's doing well? Well, see, young Lewis McKenzie is doing very well for us just now. Connor's moved him from into the centre and he's been you know, open through and scoring goals. Uh, so we've got, we've got Miller Gamble on loan from Brora, who's our centre back. Uh, who else have we got? Connor Bunsen, centre midfield. We're playing a basically a number 10 role. Uh, I could go through the whole team, actually, because they're doing so well. Uh, yeah. So you've definitely seen a turnaround since managers come in. Yes, yes, yeah. Just uh, just an overall turnaround and other things off the park as well that have come together for us. And uh, the, the trust, have, you know, they're actively starting events now and the fundraising side of things. So I think if you get all that together, it's just getting that, it's just getting a good feeling about the place. Awesome. Yeah. Brilliant. Cheers, Alex. Well, um, obviously, Cali Thistle's not in a, in a, in a, in a great place at the moment. Um, so let's hope that your ambitions don't sort of meet Cali Thistle's deterioration and we end up meeting in the no, <laughs> league, league one or league two or something in a few years. No, I don't that should never happen. Uh, like I say that Inverness needs a needs a full a full time club doing well. Not just I mean it's not just a case of just being there. You want to be successful too, you know. But then what success it's all relative to to your, to your club and where you know what your ambition is. So uh, but you've got to you got to push to be the best you that's to say the best you can be. Alex Chisholm there taking the time to speak to us. Um absolutely brilliant to talk to him. Ay, what do you make of Alex's ambitions for the club? Because he does have ambitions. I just really like the big stress he's put on community engagement, to be honest. You know, he was you know, he's realistic enough to say that the product in the park is not as good as they would want it to be at the moment, but they're obviously trying to improve that, you know, getting a new management team and all that. But just the way that they they want to kind of reach out to, you know, people around them. Um, even coming on the podcast was part of that, wasn't it? They've um really kind of put a lot of work into their media, you know, their their Twitter and, and so on and so forth. Um I just think, you know, it's it's someone who really appreciates that um every, you know, additional body through the door can make a difference, you know, and and they're really going um, all out to do that. And I thought that was really good as well. The other thing I really liked about him was um, the fact that he understood and understands the importance of Inverness having a full-time club in the upper reaches of the Scottish leagues, 
you know, I, I think um, that was a nice question you asked him about, about does he miss the derbies? Does he miss Highland derbies? Have we lost something? And he said, yeah, you know, from a, from a purely class point of view, he said we had, but actually that is kind of subordinate to the idea that Inverness really needs that big kind of full-time club. And I think we may be, People sometimes forget that, or they make people a little bit jaded. Yet, yeah, sometimes get people saying, "Oh, you know, I've well, been in the same division for ages. It's really dull, and blah blah blah, sort of thing." But if you actually look back at the experience we've had in the in the Scottish league system, you know, in, in, over the last thirty years, and what could come again, you know, with uh, just a little bit more, maybe a little bit of luck in terms of signings, maybe a little bit more investment, or just making the right appointments, you know, that could all come back. It's a fantastic sort of thing, you know. And I think he's kept that very much in focus that. Inverness football is better now overall than it was, I think, um, 40 years ago, even though there's a lot of nostalgia for it. Sandy, it's hard enough to attract fans to the Longman. Does Grant Street offer something that um, Caledonian Stadium doesn't? Price, for starters. Uh, I think £10 is, is a, a very good asking price to go and watch any football. I like that under-12s get in for free as well. That's a good emphasis on trying to get young people in through the door. Um, and, you know, he talks about maintaining the relationship between ICT and, and Clark. It's an opportunity for any of ourselves to go down and maybe watch some of our youngsters in action. I did it a couple of times last season when, when Robbie Thompson was on loan at, at Clark. They're an important part of, of the community. And, he you know, he stresses that. And, you know, it sounds like he's wanting to change things as he goes. They've changed manager. They're hoping that that's going to yield better results as time goes on and all being well to be success that comes with that. Off the pitch, you've seen the effort he's gone to to try and make it a better experience for everyone as well. You know, he very much stresses that the fans are the backbone of his club and all been well with that. There will be more money that comes in via the gate and with that, you, you get the opportunity to better things and hopefully from that, that'll be success. But it takes time. I think he knows that, but he seems like he's got a fairly sort of level head on him in terms of making that happen and he's he's willing to be patient for it. I do think appointing Connor Gethins was a, a good shout. He he seems a really level-headed guy. I've been lucky enough to meet him a couple of times. I think he he very much kind of uh, he kind of the he kind of encapsulates what they're they're hoping to be all about. Stevie, do you think that we should be putting more players out to clock? It sort of dribs and drabs over the uh, over each season. But do you think do you think it'd be great to see more young players feature in their first team and get that experience of men's football, but actually do it within Inverness and really help an Inverness club? I think so. I mean, you mentioned Robbie Thompson; he was there last year. I think it's a bit of catch-22, isn't it? You want to send the players out to hell league, but if Clark are str- if they're struggling near the bottom of the league and a team near the top, I want them, then mm. some good quality to hell league. You know, like even Nairns, teams like that are, are, are a lot better than Clark at the moment. So if they, if they progress and they get to where the chairman was going to speak about, I mean, he's, he's realistic. He knows they're not going to win the league this year or maybe next couple of years. But if they start progressing, then, yeah, you'd rather see players staying in the city, wouldn't you? Going local. Um, but you also want... From a selfish perspective, you want me to go with the best possible team that when they come back to us, i.e. Robbie Thompson last season, come back a better player, then yeah, the more the merrier for me, mate. Um, funny talk with Conor Gessens, I'm surprised he stopped playing. I thought he was about 50. I think he's, <laughs> he must be, must be a late 40, surely, but he was playing with up to last year, so I thought just, I should just, do him just, about just 20 years 40. ago for a count. <laughs> just turn 40. <laughs> Yeah. I used to do him about 20 years ago for counting. I hated him. Well, as a disclaimer, uh, we are not encouraging anybody to head down to Clack instead of going to an ICT game. Um, but clubs like this do need local support. Um, it's expensive to go to away games. Kelly this are on the road half the time. So if there's a free Saturday and you're looking to get a bit of a football fix, then, you know, Clark are trying to grow the club. 
engage with support, potential supporters at different levels. I think that's got to be applauded. And if you're looking, you do want to get involved in Clark beyond just um, going to watch a football game. I know if you have a look at their social media, um, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter how old you are. If you want to get involved with the football club at any level, be that in a committee level, be that on a board level, that I think they're looking to get somebody as a, down as a kit man. I think they're looking to get people involved on match days. Um, then get in touch with them. Uh, okay, up next, we look at our own club. You got no soul, you rubber bumpers. Right, the club, the section of the pod where we talk about the club, but we, we've been talking about the club for over over an hour and a half, you say, that is right, but behind the scenes at the club, ah, you say, the, the things you're going to tell us that we don't, we don't know, well, not so much, but we can speculate, and pertinently, there is a supporters trust meeting coming up, and Sandy's been in touch with the trust, who have supplied us, I think, well, have supplied him, supplied him, rather, with a rundown of what is to be discussed, and I believe a member of the board, will once again be in attendance. Um, Scott Young, or poor Scott Young, as I believe he's been referred to. Fair play to him, Sandy. Yeah, uh, they've had a couple of these meetings already. Uh, although there's a change of venue for the next one. Uh, previous two have happened uh, in the Innes. The next one is happening in the uh, the ICT Social Club over on Greg Street. It's on February the 3rd and it's happening uh, at 12.30. And I think it's on right up until about the back two. Uh, in terms of what's going to be getting discussed, there's quite a lot that could be happening between now and then. But I would imagine one thing folks will be wanting to know about is uh, the battery farm. Yes, we do have to discuss that again, unfortunately. Yeah, I can see lips getting turned there. Uh, mainly because Ross Morrison put out such a, a lengthy spiel about how much support it needs. But since then, there's been quite a bit of pushback from local councillors and developers. It is under review again, I believe, in the next few weeks. I don't know if it happens before the meeting or after, but I would imagine folks will be wanting to know what the progress is, given how much importance has been stressed. Uh, and I suppose, as well, if the club has a plan B, should it not work out? The other thing, too, is the Raise the Roof campaign. Uh, Scott Young said at the last one that there was around £3,500 there, which the club has since ring-fenced. Uh, and in that time, they've moved section 94 back into the north stand and the west stand just seems to have been kind of left so there's a question mark over what's actually going to happen with that money uh, there is a debate over whether it should go towards uh, improvements for the car park uh, as well as also uh, trying to improve some areas throughout the stadium and also the disabled experience for some supporters uh, but I'm led to believe that neither the trust nor section 94 have been contacted by the club in terms of deciding what to do with that money so that's probably something that'll be up for, for fresh debate in terms of the disabled experience uh, there is a, a group that's been put together that we're due to meet with the club uh, I did get in touch with the trust to see if that meeting had happened it hasn't happened and I believe they're getting quite impatient uh, and waiting for it because there's there's issues over um, accessibility for disabled people especially in conditions like we've had this week with the snow sometimes folks have been late because it obviously takes time to get folks out of their cars, into their chairs, into the games. Uh, car park gets shut too early for some people when they're coming in late, uh, and that can leave them struggling to get in just in general. So there's there's a few things that are up for debate, but I imagine these are very much going to be the, the main ones. There's also still the issue with communication. There have been one or two improvements made in terms of, uh, I believe there's a new cone system going in, uh, whether it works or not, time will tell on that one. Um, 
And I believe that more volunteers, uh, season ticket and supporters trust members have offered to help out in terms of match days as well. Uh, and I think they're just looking for maybe a few more to help along the line as well. So there's plenty that'll be coming up, I think. And obviously, if anything happens in the next few weeks, you know, vis-a-vis -vis the, the, in terms of results, how we look in the table, I'd imagine some folk that are maybe sort of leaning towards the glass half empty, they might be wondering if there's a contingency plan of worst case scenario, we end up going down doom and gloom. But yeah, plenty to discuss. Uh, as I said, it's in the social club. Uh, come down, have a beer, have a chat. There is plenty of chatter happening uh, when we're at these things. I wasn't at the last one, but I was at the one before that, along with, with AY and a few other supporters. Uh, before anything else, it is just a good opportunity to get together and have a chat with fans. And uh, Scott Young has been at the previous two. He's going to be at the next one. I think Ross Morrison was at the previous one as well. Um, I don't know if he's going to be at the next one or not. I, I wasn't able to get confirmation on that one. But um, having spoken to Scott a couple of times now, he seems like a, a really approachable guy. And he seems quite keen to try and uh, kind of build new bridges between supporters uh, and the club again. And uh, when is the meeting again, Sandy, for those interested? February 3rd. Uh, I think we play Queen's Park that day and it starts at quarter past 12 and it's on till about quarter past two, I think. And it's at the ICT Social Club on Greg Street. Great. Get yourselves down if you can. Ingress, what the hell? How you doing? No barter sell for shitty weather, drugs and business. Inverness is a fucking business. Please look ahead. Well, oh, it's like quite loud there. Quite high pitched. League look ahead. <laughs> League look ahead. Uh, Saturday Twitch. Saturday, 27th of January, Wraith away, we head to Kirkcaldy yet again. Now, uh, I'm not saying everybody in Fife is inbred, but the average Fifer's family tree looks like a recycling symbol. Uh, are we not at a point where now where we have to go for wins? Yeah. Every every, every game, mate. Every game. Yeah, sorry, sorry jumping jump anyway. Yeah, every game. Now, there's six, every game's a six-pointer. Um, this season, Wraith away with a banker, wasn't it? With Wraith getting beat in Kirkcaldy, and now that's, uh, that mess is well and truly gone, but... Yeah, I'm nervous about next week. We'll be there, um, but I'll take a draw on that one, mate. I think I think we need to be going for wins. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd take a draw. Seeing us play well going for a win, than sitting back taking a draw. It's it's the manner in which we approach this one be with the Queens Park game and cup game after that. I think coming up and then also a bros. But I want to see a certain improvement in how we play rather than the result. I'll take a draw, but it's a tough place to go, mate. But they're they're a winded animal. I mean, they've they've only won one in five, I think, if you include the. The cup defeat today, so they they're sort of on a slippery slope. So, yeah, they might surprise me, and we could we could pick up something. But yeah, generally it's been a happy hunting ground over the years, and hope I'm wrong and we get three points next week. I think this is our best chance of beating them this season. Actually, um, yeah, the defeat today was was probably a pretty sore one because that Livingston team have been really struggling. And Dan McKay, Dan McKay yeah. mm -hmm. made one and scored one. Um, which is great, and he, he's actually hurt them for us before, um, Dan McKay, you know, um, by actually being a player that, that kind of runs at them, you know, that he did that a couple of times for us, you know, he took chances, kind of was more direct, and that's what we need to do. And one of the reasons I think we can take something off them is not just that they're in poor form, but they are actually a team that come out and attack. We've been okay against them this season. I mean, I know the um, I wasn't at the game earlier in Kirkcaldy, um, but apparently we were very unlucky to lose that one. And then the game uh, in Inverness earlier this season was was a pretty even, pretty open game. One of our better performances until we basically kind of threw it away really at the end. You know, I think we, we panicked, but, and, and they were still doing that at that point. They still had that belief that they could go and win games. 
um, late on, that might have just started to shade a wee bit. And I don't know if Sam Stanton is still injured, but if he is, then that's a big a big miss for them. You know, so I think I think um, for all that I've been fairly pessimistic in this pod, I think next week I'm not saying we will win, but I think we've got as good a chance as we've had against them all season. All right, Saturday, third of February, Queens Park at home uh, in a city that boasts Rangers and Celtic. I think it's phenomenal what Queens Park have done for money laundering. Um, three point <laughs> three. You got to have a good one or and a half. Uh, three pointer here. Uh, three pointer. Six pointer. Six pointer. Yeah, I think this. I think this could be. You know, up to this point, I think this could be our most important game of the season, Sandy. Yeah, it's huge. No question about that at all. Um, you know, they picked up a fantastic win against Wraith and Tails will be up after that. Uh, John Welsh seems to have made an immediate impact. you got to wonder how he's going to be uh, going into that game. But yeah, I mean, every game's a, a must win. But yeah, when we come up against them or, or our both again, it's an absolute six-pointer. But yeah, it just it just you wonder how we're going to look on the day. Uh, you also wonder if we'll get anybody else in through the door before that game ourselves. I mean, the window will be shut by then as well. Um, but yeah, we absolutely have to be looking to win that game. Uh, I just want you just wonder how well we play on the day. That'll that'll determine it. I think depends who Queens Park bring in. I think they, they they've still got a lot of business to do. I think. Yeah. Hopefully we have as well, but right, Sandy, it could be two different teams come yeah. beginning of February. Um, I don't think Wraith will do much. I mean, I, I, you're right, I think Stanton's injured, but I think they're sort of go with what they've got. But I think Queen's Park and a couple of teams will play in February. It'll be how good the rest of the window is for them, because I, I see Queen's Park saying two or three decent players, because they've got to imagine, haven't they? So there's going to be an investment there. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, Saturday the 10th of February is the next round of the Scottish Cup. We're recording on the Saturday or well, the day before the draw, so we don't know who we've got. But again, it can't be a priority at the moment, Andrew, can it? Can't be a priority? No, I don't think so, really. Um, obviously, we enjoyed the run last year and um, it might be the opportunity for something interesting. I mean, for example, Bonnie grows away, still a possibility with their very surprising win against Falkirk today. So something like that would be nice. But I think we just need to think about the league. Right, Saturday 17th of February, Partick at home. Um, oh, need something to shout about at home, don't we? I know obviously we beat... Broomhill four 0 but this is you know the league is where it counts. How much does a manager need a big performance at home, Sandy? Yeah, big time. Uh, the one good thing about that is we seem to have played quite well against Partick in the the previous two games we played them this season. I know we've only drawn, sorry, drawn against them uh, in those games, but we we seem to be okay against them. And again, you know, as folks say, whenever teams are coming at us, that seems to suit us. And given where they are in the league, you would expect them to be doing that, and that might just suit us on the day. And depending on how we get on and sort of the game's building up to that, you know, we could definitely see that as, as a game to win. I mean, we have to win, but definitely one I could see us picking something up and depending on how we play and, you know, who's available. Just going by the games we've played against them already this season, you know, Dunk seems to have a, you know, he seems to have their card well marked. Saturday, 24th of February, Arbroath away. Uh, they had our number last time, I think. It was uh, 982 passes in our own half. Another six-pointer, Stevie. This is, I mean, depending on what happens between now and then, but if you look at the league as we're, as, as we're recording, yeah, they're below us, and yeah, I mean, we, we, we've turned up against Stubbrose away. I mean, the last game at home was so disappointing, but I may be putting that down to Jim McIndale, having a chat with Billy Dodds because he's his best mate and knows how to play against us, but I think, um, I think this one we need to win. I mean, it's when is it 26th, isn't it, of um, 24th, 25th, at that time of February, so weather wise, it should be. Okay, in a broth, hopefully, maybe slight gale force wins, but it's how we 
probably turn up today, mate, but I think the last couple of times we were down there, dumped first game, wasn't it? C two where we're three 0 up and we, we sort of gifted them two goals. But yeah, that's a game that I don't care how well we're playing before it, we need to win that game because it's going to be us in a roast down there mm. for the next couple of months anyway at least. And then there's eleven games after that, um twenty seventh of February, Dunfermline at home, and then you're looking at Morton at home, Airdrie away, Air at home, United away, Partick away, Arbroath at home, Queen's away, Wraith at home, Pars away, Morton at home. So I asked you earlier in the pod what you thought in terms of points. So we've got twenty one points right now. I, what so what do you think? Just, so what do you think we'll finish on? I'm just gonna have a look. Everybody have a think or have a look. Oh, Jesus, that's tight. I I I I know what we'll get. Yeah, I've got sixteen. Yeah, I've got us on eighteen points. Thirty-nine then. Thirty-nine. And I said forty is safety. I've got I've got us in, I've got us in thirty-seven. Right, I said seventeen points. Um thirty-eight then now. Yes, that puts us in thirty-eight. But see see the stats more. I know what you're going to pass rates, but generally those last couple of years we've had a runaway league leader, haven't we? We've had the standout team and then we've had Mid card, and then we've had maybe one follow away. This this year's different where you've got not really, that, no, but you can see it about 20, 20, away, right? right 22, 23, 8th, Arbroath, 34, 9th, Hamilton, 31, 10th, Cove, 31, 21, 22, 8th, Air, 39, 9th, Dunfermline, 35, 10th, Queen of the South, 33. All right, all right, okay. I thought this is more, more and if you look at 18, if you look at 18, 19. 7th, Dunfermline, 41. 8th, Alloa, 39. 9th, Queen of the South, 38. 10th, Falkirk, 38. Very tight league that year, though. It's tight every uh, year. Yeah, every year it's very, tight. Yeah. Right, so I've got us in 37 right at the moment. Yes, I've got uh, 37 as well. Uh, which So it's worrying. But we're basically, what we're basically saying is it's going to go down to the wire. If you, I mean, if you go into the last four games, it's Queens, rest, rest, it, it's Queens away, uh, Wraith at home, Pars away, Morton at home. Now we can get something from all four of those. Whether they're wins, I don't know. Morton though might well be fighting for. Oh, they could be fighting for playoffs, couldn't they? It's like it's like Air United last year, isn't it? That's a scenario where yeah. I know we were in the playoffs, but it's... it just it think... just yeah, it just means the games that you think oh we we should be winning these that we we have to win them because if we don't, we're in trouble. Well, we always turn up against the teams above us. I mean, this season's a lot of team above us, right? But. Generally, even the last, see, like your commanders, Party Thistles, Dundee United's Hearts in the league. It's, it was the Queen of South games, the Morton games, the Hamilton games last season. That's the ones that kill us, and that's what I'm worried about. The likes of Abroth, United, although we seem to have Ayers number this year, but Abroth yeah. seem to be that team this year that always seem to, to trouble us, mate. So we'll see how it plays out. Real, just a bit of reality. Normally, I've got to be positive on this podcast, but let's be real. Let's be uh, let's have a reality check. Okay, up next, unlike the football team, you could be winning something. Competition time. It's the long-awaited return of competition time. The prize, one of the best we've actually ever given away. I think all all four of us would. Would like to win this. Uh, kindly donated by Alex Chisholm and Clark Nakudden. Hospitality prize for two persons. Your choice 
of Clack home game this calendar year, 2024. So the rest of this season and up to Christmas uh, in the forthcoming season. And the prize will include one and a half hours before kickoff, basically arrive one and a half hours before kickoff, admission via the players and officials gate at the corner of the car park, drinks served up to kickoff in the boardroom, match day team sheet, reserved seats in the stand, half-time tea and coffee with a selection of hot and cold snacks and drinks in the boardroom one hour after full time and following that supporters bar at the ground will be open for further socialising so we will post on our socials um, the thing that you need to retweet or repost or re-Instagram along with uh, liking and following our pod and then we will pick a winner at random on our next podcast that's not a bad prize eh? it's a great prize I mean yeah if anyone wins and wants to take one of us then give us a shout because that's a cracking prize definitely I'm, 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 I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to winning I know, yeah. I know. If if a Sandra Sutherland wins, you know, if someone in these teams pops up, then yeah. uh, we'll, we'll maybe maybe Lee Tarling will win again. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big band, but no. But, but thanks, thanks to the club. Um, that's, that's a great shout. Moff getting that prize, and uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, in the boardroom for another um, an hour and a half before the game, and then you're getting a you get a, you basically get two and a half hours of free drink um, before and after the game. So. Thank you, not one off because that was uh, <laughs> shut the club down. And, yeah, uh, we should definitely shut the podcast down. Right, uh, okay, um, that's us. Okay, a bit of a bit of a different outro for this one. Quite simply, we're we're all absolutely delighted to have Mr. Andrew Young back on the podcast. And Andrew just wanted to say a, a few words. Hi, sorry, thanks. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't um, I couldn't make the last one. Um, some listeners will know um, that I lost my wife Rowan to cancer just before Christmas and. It's obviously been really difficult, but one of the reasons I really wanted to come on tonight was just because I wanted to say thanks to just all the people from the ITC support who sent messages and who sent cards, um, came up to the funeral. Um, some of them knew Rowan, a lot of them didn't, um, and they still came along or they got in touch, and it it really, really meant a lot. You know, and like Stevie, for example, helped to kind of uh, organise a collection for her favourite charity and Sandy turned up on the doorstep with a food parcel like two days later, which is incredibly brave, you know, because he'd no idea what sort of state I'd be in. Um, so it's a bit of a cliche, I suppose, um, to say that supporting a club kind of is, is about more than just the team, but it really, you know, it really is. It's certainly with, with Cali Thistle, I realised just over the last few weeks how much, you know, it's more than just about the team. Um, I really appreciate it. So just, I just want to say thank you. Well said, mate. Well said. Yeah, you're here. Okay, that's all from us. Um, I say it every pod. Um, more pertinent. Take care of yourself and each other. Bye for now. That's us.